Hey everyone, welcome to Grinders Live today. We got a real special day. Basketball is back for the first time in I don't even know how many months. All time is blended together over quarantine. And we have a fairly full baseball slate. We got plenty of stuff to go through. FYI guys, don't worry. Stay tuned for crunch time afterwards. Full crunch time with both NBA and MLB. Free for everyone, so stay tuned for that. But I'm going to introduce one of my best buddies here at RG. Stevie, how you doing over there, buddy? basketball has not played since march 11th and the only reason i know that is because that's my birthday and uh that's how i celebrated my birthday was nba getting shut down so um that's the only reason that i know that they haven't played since march 11th yeah uh sports being shut down and then (laughs) on top of that you haven't had a newborn so i'm sure that was a fun few months of quarantine oh boy but gosh it's good to be back we got two games tonight I have a lot of random sports bets on it because they just have so many darn promos. I just keep throwing them in. So I don't even know who I have or what I have on any given site, but I've got plenty of bets here. But I am more focused on baseball for the moment right now because I know that they're going to be going, they are going to have a full half hour, I believe, to go over NBA during crunch time. We'll have Meansy on there. We'll have Roth. We'll have all sorts of people on there just doing whatever. But we got to go through some baseball just quick. Overview on the slate, anything that immediately stood out to you, sir? Um, you know, I feel like there are some really good options at pitcher. Um, you know, at the top, I feel like there's a couple of fades, and you know, I feel like that not I wouldn't say mid-tier, but like right below the elite pricing. Um, there's a bunch of options, and you know, I'm kind of liking what I'm seeing, like ownership-wise, on some of these guys. So um, I think it's gonna be a really interesting slate, you know, when you're looking at like some of these guys you like and they're under 10%. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. I think it's going to be fun too. here guys. If you haven't signed up for premium, go ahead and do that. You get all these little extensions here. You look at the starting lamps page and you know exactly what the projections are according to RG, the ownership projections, pricing, everything all over the place here, but let's get started. Let's look at the highest owned pitchers on the slate. I want to hear your thoughts on them. We got Shane Bieber sitting there at 31% projected here. We got Bundy, a guy that generally you don't play when he's heavily owned, but it's a different team. It's a great matchup, and he's projected here at 38%. Those two guys are two of the more expensive pitchers on the slate, but they are two of my favorite options here. Let's start off with Bieber here. Got a decent matchup or not a decent matchup here going up against the Twins. We know that they've been hitting bombs constantly. We know that they can really just beat up on any pitcher here. But Bieber got great stuff around a 3x fit last year, one of the, some of the best numbers in the majors last year. It's not great hitting weather, but it's not terrible. What are your thoughts on using Bieber here up at the top? Yeah, like I think ceiling and talent-wise, Bieber is the best pitcher on the slate. Um, like I don't think that's even a question. Um my biggest concern is, you know, he gives up a lot of hard contact, um, you know, against a team with a lot of power. The strikeout, the ceiling upside for Bieber is definitely there. Um, you know, I was playing around with lineups before. Um, you know, if you listen to the morning grind, I, I play usually one to three lineups per site. And, like, at this ownership, like, I might just fade him. Um, you know, then I don't have to worry about getting leverage in my bats or anything like that because – with him being projected as the second highest known pitcher on the slate. And if I fade him, you know, I, I'm fine. Um, so for me, I think where I'm going to try to get some leverage on this slate is just kind of, you know, not playing Bieber. I think he's 
an excellent option for tournaments. The ceiling, um, I, I think you could play him in cash games if you really wanted to. But um, you look at it, and you know Donaldson, Cruz, Garver, Sano, Buxton—they strike out a bunch. But like the rest of these guys, Kepler doesn't strike out. Polanco doesn't strike out. Rosario puts the ball in play. Like there's some contact guys here too. So. Uh, for me, I think Bieber is a guy that I'm going to personally stay away from, but I do like his ceiling. Yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing. 30% ownership, he absolutely is the top pitcher on the slate, and I don't think there's any arguing that, but like one thing that he really struggles with, we look over here on plate IQ, 44% hard contact rate. Granted, he doesn't get a ton of fly balls, but we look at plate IQ here. ISO, like there's Arias, that's it. He's the only guy that doesn't hit the ball at the ballpark. But Kepler, 279. Donaldson, 272. Polanco, 199. Cruz, 290. Like, all the way up and down this lineup, there is a ton of power. And we look at the fly ball numbers here, and almost everyone gets the ball up in there outside of Cruz and Donaldson. And we know that they're risked to hit the ball at the ballpark at any given time here. They have two of the highest ISOs on the entire slate in this lineup here. So I am right there with you, like, just because of his massive ownership, which is entirely justified, but not someplace you really have to go. What about over on the other side? Like an interesting pivot is Berrios. We know that he's a much better real-life pitcher than he is a actual fantasy pitcher. We look at his K rate, 23%. His X-Switch a little bit high, but he always seems to outplay that a little bit because he gets a decent amount of ground balls, and he just kind of knows how to pitch. And he gets a matchup going up against these Indians. Top of the lineup is real tough, but then we got – Fran Mill, we got Zimmer, we got Santana, we got Leon, like all these guys, massive K guys. Are you interested in all swapping over from Bieber over to Barrios or even to a guy like Hap going up against the Orioles here at around the same price tag, knowing that you're just going to get substantially less ownership? Um, I don't like either one of these guys. Actually, Barrios had zero command in his first start. Um, like he he struggled. Um, like he his his stuff just wasn't moving at all. And until, like, I see a good start from him, I'm okay with fading him. Especially, like, yeah, Reyes, Zimmer, those guys, like, the bottom of the order, they strike out a ton. But, like, the top of the order can do damage. Those guys have power at the bottom of the order, too. So, I think Barrios over Hap. Like, if you were going to pick out of the three, um, I think it'd be Barrios over Hap. But I I don't like Hap. Like, I kind of like Baltimore here. I have a few, like, mini Baltimore stacks. Hayes, Alberto, um, Nunez. So, Hap is a guy that really struggles with righties. He's elite against lefties, but a lot of fly balls, a lot of hard contact to righties, um, lower strikeout rate. And they went very right-handed heavy against him here. Um, Like Chris Davis is not in the lineup and stuff. So I I like what Baltimore did, and I actually think Baltimore is in play as far as, like, you know, potentially stacking against Hap. Yeah, uh, I don't like stacking Baltimore, but I think you might be right, like Hap. Not nearly the pitcher he used to be. Still gives up a decent amount of hard contact and fly balls. But if you're not using those guys up there, are you going with Bundy? Are you all over Bundy like I am? I have, you know, a good amount of Bundy um, on both sites right now. I don't think – I don't honestly, I don't think my lineups are going to change much from right now until lineup lock. I, I think what I have, uh, assuming that everybody's in the lineup, I like what I was able to build. Um, I like Bundy a lot. You know, he's a guy that I think is a, an excellent option. I think Lamett's the best pitcher on the slate for me. Um, he's my top option. It's a great matchup against San Francisco. Derek Hardy talked about it yesterday on Grinders Live on how like this ballpark's playing a little bit differently I this year. I was there. Uh, you were. You were. Um, so I went and read that article. They talked about it on the broadcast last night as well. But um, like that ball, 
the first home run that Yaz hit last night probably is not a home run if the gates um, are not closed up. So, you know, we definitely have to respect that. But Lamette is a guy that has plenty of strikeout upside, great control, and, you know, his fly balls I'm not too concerned with. So, like, as long as he doesn't go out there and walk a ton of people, I think Lamette is going to be the guy today. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely a guy concerning to me. It's it's him just because of ownership. Like it's obviously site dependent. It, it, things change a little bit. Owner pricing's a little bit different on each site, but right now my two main guys are Lemay and it's Bundy. Uh like Lemay is coming in at nineteen percent ownership, it looks like right now. Giants, one of the lowest run totals on the entire board today. Lower than the uh lower than Minnesota. May has thirty three percent strikeout rate, so I'm right there with him. What about a guy that we always hate playing? We always hate playing when he's a little bit chalky. But coming in around 14%, this Diamondbacks-Dodgers game has a 9.5 total here. Stripling, we don't know how late he's going to go into the game. Robbie Ray going up against a very tough Dodgers lineup, but he's sitting there at 7.1K. Has one of the highest strikeout rates on the entire board today. It's him, Lamette, and Bieber, I think, are all three up at the top there. He's sitting at 7.1K. Seems a little bit low, and even against a tough Dodgers team, doesn't really matter. He can get anyone out on strikes at any given time here. Any interest on Ray here in a very possible volatile matchup? Yeah, they didn't let him go too deep, but he he really struggled in that first start. It's a really tough matchup against the Dodgers. Um, I do think um, Singer is going to be pretty popular in this price range. So if you want like a pivot off a of Singer, I think Ray is definitely an option. I still prefer Brady Singer instead um, than Ray. And, like, depending on the site, Max Freed, um, I think, is an interesting pivot as well um, because, you know, I, I do think he's actually a good option here against Tampa. So, like, if you're playing on FanDuel and you're wanting to save some money and you're wanting to pivot off of the chalk of Bundy, um, I think Max Freed is an option over there. Yeah. Uh, I'm just I'm not really a huge Freed guy. Uh I wasn't. You work with me all the time. It's a young Braves pitcher. What do you expect me to say? Oh, I know. I know. I know that you like him. We've had this. (laughs) We've talked about this a lot of times. And you look at his numbers last year 3.3 XFIP, 24% K rate, but he did a little bit worse towards the latter end of the year. He is going up against a fairly high strikeout Rays team here. So I don't hate it that much. I just, I I, I don't know. I, I like the upside with Ray. I like the price tag of Bundy better than Freed. So. I'm a little bit less off him, but that 7% ownership percentage, I hadn't really seen until now. And the win uh, possibility is definitely there. You might be uh, taking me over there a little bit. We talked about Singer a little bit. This guy had one start already, came up from the minors, went straight from double A, if I remember correctly, had decent numbers in double A, but nothing that just stood off the page, but he is going up against Detroit here. Detroit, a team that we really like to target against last season, got a few new bats in there in scope and crone. But we look at the K numbers versus righties here, and all the way up and down here on plate IQ, red, red, red Cabrera, who we're not really worried about, red, 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 red. Like, there are a lot of strikeouts in this lineup here. Singer looked pretty darn good in his first start. Five innings, seven Ks. Look at his numbers. Expect 35% K rate. Did get a little bit wild here, but not really something we're terribly worried about with this Detroit team. Go ahead and sell me on him a little bit more because I know that price tag is good. I know he has some potential, and this isn't the worst matchup in the world, but I don't know if I'm going to end up going with him too much. And you just have a dude that, like, he came out and he was, like, against right-handed hitters. He's like, all right, hit my slider, um, you know, in that first start. So 
like I did a little research. I, I you know dug into like Detroit against sliders, and they're not very good against sliders. So like I don't expect Singer to come out and throw sixty percent sliders again. But like if he's throwing it that high a percentage and generating as much soft contact and ground balls as he did. They have what seven righties in the lineup or six righties in the lineup. So I think Singer is a guy like just commit to it, right? Commit to the slider, the fastball to keep people off. He threw two pitches and he looked great. Like, you know, he had a, a really good poor hit rate. The swinging strike rate was fantastic. The contact rate was fantastic. It's one start, but if he's going to show us that kind of stuff and he gets a much better matchup here, like, Detroit Tigers, this lineup is um, it, it's really bad. It's really, really bad. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I feel you there. I mean, my problem is two pitch guy. Like, if the slider isn't working, he's going. To get he's this. in trouble. Like, yeah, he, he's he, yeah, he's he's screwed. I mean, we've seen this before with what Ronaldo Lopez just kind of goes slider guys, fastball, yeah. but it's a little bit less of a worry when you're facing predominantly rider righties. And we look at the lefties in this lineup here. Castro, obviously, not someone we're really too worried about. Stewart. Not a great hitter in Candelario. I mean, he's. I think he's worse from the left side of the plate than he is the right side of the plate. So the lefties in this lineup aren't really that worrisome. Yes, Cabrera, Scope, Crone, uh, Maven can all hit the ball at the ballpark. If they actually catch a hold of that slider, we saw what happened in the first matchup. He did give up a 50% hard hit rate with his slider there, but that's just what happens with sliders. If you guess right, then you can take it out of the ballpark real easily. It's a little bit easier with a two-pitch guy like that, but – that just means there's going to be just more strikeouts and there's going to be more home runs. So I don't mind taking on the other side there and stack doing a little mini stack of the power guys in this lineup with Maven, Crone, Scope, and maybe even Cabrera if you really want to. Like the price savings are there, 3.4K, 3.1K, 3.3K. Like not a ton of money. I have a feeling most people are going to be on the Royals, but any other pitchers that you're really considering? Marco Gonzalez gets a little bit of a tough matchup going up against the Angels. They don't strike out a whole lot, and they definitely have some power in there. But Marco Gonzalez, like a guy that can go a little bit later in the game, can suppress runs, like decent guy, just not giving up a ton. But he's facing a lot of righties here. Decent amount of righties with power, with Rendon, with Trout, with Upton, with Pujols even last year, and he's got his first home run this year. Any interest in Marco Gonzalez or – stripling or any other guy that we haven't mentioned yet like you thinking about any of them if we didn't have so many options on this slate i think you could definitely potentially look at like stripling um stripping's ownership just has me off of him here like he's one of what three guys over 20 percent projected ownership here i think stripling's a fine option um but like, just give me, give me like Freed or one of these other loan guys. Like, I, like I think Lamette's better. Like, it's just we have so many options here. I just don't think I'll, I, I don't have Stripling rostered right now. Um, but I could completely understand. Like, if you were going to play Stripling here, it makes sense. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else I'm missing here on pitching? I guess Gaussman, like. Like he's a, an option. Yeah, I, I option. think he's, he's an 6K. option. But. He showed some decent stuff last year. He's predominantly a reverse splits guy. He throws that splitter. And they've got Grisham, Hosmer, Profar, and Naylor in the lineup, it looks like, in the projected lineup. So he's only going up against four righties. All these righties are not righties you really want to face. So, like, any interest in Gaussman, he's only coming in at 11% ownership, 6.1K. I like the Padre stack because of the way that San Francisco or the AT&T is like f- the ball is flying. But 
I have to have a little bit of interest in Gaussman. If he has his stuff there, if his splitter is going well, he can really mow through a lot of this lineup, especially the bottom half of the lineup. If he can just get Machado, Tatis, and Fam out, he could do some damage here. Yeah, I actually like the Padres are probably one of my favorite stacks on the slate. So I don't think I'll end up playing Gaussman. I, I understand like I understand everything and like all the reasoning to potentially look at playing him here. It's just I kind of like the Padres. Like uh, this lineup is legit. Um, and, you know, it makes a lot of sense to potentially look at stacking against Gaussman here. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we kind of mowed through pitching. So you ready to move on to the bats? Yeah, let's do it. FYI, guys, if you haven't signed up for the bat, go ahead and do that. It's a good tool. Cardi's a bit of a tool, but he made some good tools too. <laughs> So uh, that, that's predominantly what I use. We'll give you a little bit of a look at what it has to say today. And let's look at the point per dollar plays here. According to the Bad X, DraftKings, there's one guy, a catcher, that just immediately stands off the page and it is infuriating every single day, especially like yesterday when Matt Boyd just gets batted like crazy and they just keep hitting single after single and getting some runs. Even though Kansas City didn't play that well and Boyd didn't pitch that badly. When you have a whole bunch of guys that are 2K, 2K, 2.6K, like even the most expensive guy in the lineup, Wit, is only at 4.1K. We look at the prices on these Royals, it's just ridiculous. And we have Perez saying of there, the chalk of all chalk, 35% projected ownership, that might be low. Like 2.6K, are you using just basically Perez and Sanchez or are you going off the board? I know how you love to pay down for catchers. And Salvador Perez, super cheap catcher. You, you almost have to play him. Like, you know, I'm all about finding other options, but you're not going to find a guy this cheap batting that high up in the order uh, in a great matchup. So as much as I don't want to play Perez, like I have him on two or three on DraftKings right now. Um, the other option that I, I think I loved seeing under 10% is Christian Vasquez against Steven Matz uh, for the Red Sox. Um, he's very good against lefties. Everyone in that range is going to pay up for Sanchez. Um, and, and, like, I think Sanchez is definitely in play. Don't get me wrong. But Vasquez, um, power upside, lower ownership, under 10%. Um, third highest projected owner ownership catcher. But um, – I think Perez comes into like closer to like 40% on this slate. Like he's just, he's so cheap and it makes so much sense to play him. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm right there with you. I'm trying to figure out a way not to play him. And I've, I've got outside of ownership. There's literally no other reason. What about some of these other guys here? I know you talked about the Baltimore stack and the bat here seems to like Severino a little bit Uh guy. He can hit lefties. Hap has some pretty extreme splits here. 42% fly ball rate, 41% hard contact rate, under a 20% strikeout rate, which is what we worry about a little bit with Severino. Like, guy had over 200 ISO last season, batting fifth in the lineup in a good hitting ballpark. Like, you got any interest in Severino as, at your catcher today? Because I know you like those Baltimore bats. Yeah, I like Baltimore. Um, love the fact that he's hitting fifth, um, under 5% ownership. I think he's definitely someone you could look at here in tournaments. If you're not playing Perez and you want to punt, I think Stassi would be the guy. Um, he he probably bats seventh or eighth for the Angels today. 
going up against a, a soft toss and lefty, you're full on punting um, at that point. And like, that's what you're doing with Perez and Perez is just so cheap and in a good spot that like you're, you're looking to be contrarian. Um, I think Stassi's in play as well, but I like the Severino call. You're going to hear like, you're going to, you're going to hear it when we start going into these positions. Like I'm going to bring up a bunch of Baltimore guys today. So I think like, if I'm looking at these guys, I have to be looking at Severino as well. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't, I don't blame you at all. What about anyone else? Flowers gets a lefty. Will Smith gets a lefty. They're priced around the same as uh, yeah. Severino. Garver, we prefer versus a lefty, and Beaver is a good pitcher. But the hard contact is there. Andy getting the ball at the ballpark. Andy's coming at low ownership. Anyone else that we missed outside of the clear top four options? So the bat is in agreement with you. Yeah, like maybe Will Smith. Um... But, like, when you're looking at it, like, a lot of these catchers that, like, even that you were just talking about, like, Garver and um, Flowers is batting ninth at home. Um, like, you're you're risking only getting, like, three at-bats out of some of these guys, like, if it's a low-scoring game. So, I want guys that I'm going to get four or five at-bats. Um, and, like, Flowers, he's good against lefties. He's not great. Like, his power numbers and his strikeout rate was insanely high last season. So, I think it's going to be Perez, Stassi punt, pay up for Vasquez. Um, I actually like the Severino call more as I think about it. So, um, you know, these guys definitely make sense. I just, you know, it's it's just getting the right idea of what you want here. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to first base there because catcher is always boring to talk about. But first base, we got Voight going up against Andy Means' brother, Johnny Means, I assume. And we got O'Hearns. Same scenarios with catcher. Two guys going to eat up a lot of the ownership. O'Hearn had a little bit of a rough season last year, but going up against a guy that does not strike out many guys, and he's sitting at 2K and Voight just getting the perfect matchup. Two top plays on the slate for first base, right? Um, The top play to me would be Pete Alonzo, but like if you're thinking point per dollar, I think like Luke Voight makes a ton of sense. Um. O'Hearn is just ridiculous, uh, the price in this matchup against Ivan Nova. So, like, if you just need a full-on punt, you want to pay up a you know, double pitcher here, like, he makes a ton of sense. Uh, the only thing, like, if you're if you're looking at, like, Perez, there's a cheap outfielder that's, like, 3K that I like, Pilar. So, like, I don't think you necessarily have to have O'Hearn today. I do think he's an option. I currently don't have him at all. Um, anytime I see a guy, like, twenty, almost 25% at min-salary, I just I'm gonna play the odds and hopefully he doesn't go crazy here and hit two home runs. But um, I love Pete Alonso and I actually like the idea of looking at a guy like Otani, um, who nobody's gonna play at first base um, in a mini little like angel stack. Yeah, I mean we look at uh, Marco Gonzalez. Like everyone immediately immediately sees the lefty lefty matchup. First yeah. things first, like Seattle has one of the worst bullpens in the league. At least so far this year, I think both of those teams, <laughs> both yeah. of those teams' bullpens are terrible. But Marco Gonzalez last season, thirteen percent K rate versus lefties, not good. He didn't walk a bunch of guys. Gives up decent hard contact. He did worse versus lefties than righties. We look at his pitch mix here, and he throws a mean changeup and a bit of a cutter, which kind of go more towards a reverse splits. Yes, he throws a curve in there, but he's not heavy throwing. Like Otani has a good eye has a ton of power and 
because of Marco Gonzalez's pitch mix. FYI, guys, if you haven't looked into pitch mix and how it affects splits and reverse splits, just general overview. Slider, way better going up against same-handedness. Change-up, way better going up against opposite-handedness. Cutter is better for opposite-handedness. Curve, depending on how it is, the arm angle and everything, it can be one side or the other, but it's predominantly a little bit leaning towards more reverse splits. But if you have a guy that has a high arm angle, predominantly throws fastballs, they're going to have an entirely normal split. That is not what Marco Gonzalez says. He throws sinker, cutter, change-up, and... Uh, curve so that's kind of leaning towards more towards a little bit reverse splits and people just immediately see lefty lefty think f that i'm not using a lefty because it just looks different but the way marco gonzalez throws it kind of leans a little bit more towards reverse splits than it does actual splits so a guy like otani going up against him even with his high strikeout rate marco gonzalez doesn't have an out pitch going up against lefties like he does going up against righties with that changeup. So I like that Otani call a lot. Looking at his ownership, he's going to be right at around 10%. I think it's going to be lower than that, depending on where he's batting in the order. And I think that people just aren't going to look into lefty-lefty matchup. And on eight-game slate, 10% is not the worst thing in the world. We have most of the main guys up there. What about a guy like Muncy going lefty-lefty versus Ray, who's a bit better versus lefties? But Muncy can come up to bat with three guys on base after Ray's walked three guys in a row. What about Crone going up against Singer? Maybe he doesn't have the same stuff he had last time. Maybe his sinker isn't really breaking, and he can absolutely give up some hard contact with that sinker. What about Freeman? Any of these other guys that you really like in here? Um. So really quick, I just wanted to touch on, we have a potential weather in the Yankees-Orioles um, game, which kind of stinks. Uh, Roth just posted an update about eight, nine minutes ago. Um, so definitely gonna have to pay attention to crunch time. It's free today. Like Grant has said multiple times, um, to really get an idea of what we're looking at as far as the weather goes in that game, because obviously that would change a lot. And it changed a lot at first base too, because Luke Voigt would, you know, he's one of the highest stone. Um, I don't have a ton of interest in CJ Crone. I do think like, if you want to be in like the CJ Crone range, I think Carlos, um, Santana is an option against Barrios. Like I said, Barrios really lacked command in that first start, and his stuff did not look great. Um, Muncy's always in play. Lefty, righty, doesn't matter. Uh, Ray is better against lefties. Freeman, lefty-lefty matchup. We have Freeman projected for like 8% ownership. I think it comes in closer to like 5, um, if not lower. So Pete Alonso still like if I can pay up for Pete Alonso, I'm going to do it as much as I possibly can on the slate. But um, now, you know, a game that we love with some potential weather um, obviously can change some stuff up here. So we're definitely going to have to be paying attention to what Roth has to say for that one. Yeah. Uh, so one more guy that I want to mention, um, we can also mention at second because he's first and second eligible. Like Matt's is a guy, another guy that's a little bit splits neutral. He's going up against Chavez. Chavez is sitting there at 2.3K. We know he has a bit of pop. He's a cheap guy that you can pivot off of O'Hearn from because not a lot of people are playing the Red Sox. They're going to see O'Hearn batting fifth. They're going to see the total for the Royals, and they're going to immediately go with O'Hearn. And Chavez is sitting there likely at around 12% ownership, so roughly half of what O'Hearn is. Any interest on him going up against Mats? I mean, you could obviously play him first or second. We'll just cover him here since we're on it. Yeah, I think the Red Sox stack is interesting. Um, they're cheap. They're really, really cheap. So you can 
you can fit in like JD with Devers not playing today. Like you can fit in JD with Xander and then you can go like Chavez, you can go um, Peraza, you can go Pilar. Like there's so many cheap options that the Red Sox stack. If they hit the ball well, like they've been terrible. They have not been hitting the ball well at all. Um, But if they do get on the right, on the right side of it today, uh, they have a ton of upside. So, I definitely like Chavez. I was going to bring him up at second base, so I'm glad you brought him up. Um, I, I definitely think he's in play today. Probably end up playing him more at like second base, but uh, if you want to play him and Peraza, um, I guess you could play Peraza at shortstop too, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Hooray, multi-position eligibility. Let's move on to second base. And you mentioned Peraza. Let's talk about him. Batting first, 2.3K. You can get two Boston guys in there for 4.6K to start off your stack at second, first, short, whatever you want there out of those three positions. Peraza, I know he had that big night the other night. Coming in at 22% ownership, are you on him? No. Um, I am all answer. in I am all in on Alberto today, so I'm really wanting this weather to be okay in Baltimore because I love him in this spot. Uh, the guy just... He was so consistent against left-handed pitching last season, and he's seen Hap a bunch, like Baltimore and New York play a bunch. So I I like this spot for Alberto a lot. You know, 10% K rate against lefties last season, 400 Woba. He's going to put the ball in play. He's not always going to make hard contact. He's not always going to have the best exit velocity. But, like, if I'm just looking at pricing, I'm looking at ownership, like, 2% ownership on this guy, and like like I said, I'm all in. Um, you know, I think this is an excellent spot to play him. Um, on FanDuel, I think I had LeMayhew, but I think like I'm going to end up probably going Alberto over there as well. I just – I love this spot for him. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a bold move. I'm a little bit more – the guy that I kind of want to play more is Scope. Like going up against Singer, like I said, if the slider's not breaking – He's going to get destroyed today. And also, I just kind of like a few of the prices on these Detroit backs. I mentioned Crone a little bit. Scope here. Like, I like a few of these guys in this lineup here. Um, but I, the chalk's going to be on New York. Like, the New York, watch out for the weather. Roth is coming on after this. They'll be taking you up to the minute. Weather report until the game start here. LeMahieu, Torres, both second base eligible. 25% and 23%. The bat has him projected as the two highest uh, projected second baseman on the slate, followed by, of course, a Royals guy in wit here at second base eligibility. Like, honestly, if you want to be off the board, don't go with either any of those three guys. Don't go with Peraza. It really does not matter what you do after that. Like, it really is irrelevant because those guys are going to garner close to 100% ownership combined. So any other guys that we missed talking about here, Kettle Marte going up against Stripling in that good Dodgers bullpen. We got Lau going up against Freed in the lefty-lefty matchup. Not going to be terribly high-owned, but it's not an easy matchup. You talked about Alberto. We got Kike Hernandez. Loves going up against a lefty. And Zion Williamson will play Thursday. Gosh, that's good. Yeah. um, I think going up to like Albies or Kettle Marte is interesting because so many people at second base are going to be paying down. Um, 
Albie's very good against lefties. You know, 286 ISO last season against lefties. We know how good he is against lefties. Yeah, it's a tough matchup against Yarbrough, but um, Yarbrough probably not going to go too deep into the game either. They're very careful with him. And then Kettle Marte against Stripling, you know, going to bat leadoff here against Stripling. We know the upside for Kettle Marte is, you know, speed and power. So I think paying up at second base is definitely a way that you can, you know, create leverage and, and gain some gain some ownership on the field on the slate. FYI, Chicago, Cincinnati will be delayed due to inclement inclement weather. Just so you know. Um, and, and Bad MGM sending me over promos. Gosh, I love that sports betting is legal here in Colorado now. Um, all right, I think that pretty much wraps up second base there. Let's move on to third base. Who are you going with? We obviously talked about LeMahieu already. We already know. But there's one guy. We look at tags here. Pretty much everyone tagged him. He's 2K. DraftKings refuses to make my life any easier by raising his price tag. Franco hit two bombs the other night. Still just sitting there at minimum price. Are you playing Franco along with everyone else? He's only projected at 10% ownership. I feel like that's low. Um, honestly, it really is going to depend on Baltimore because I like Nunez a lot. Um, I had him on two of my three teams. Like Alberto and Nunez, uh, again, like I, I like Baltimore a lot on the slate. So uh, do I like Franco? Yes. Will I use Franco if we get a lot of weather concerns? Yeah, uh, because it's going to open up everything that I'm going to have to fill in for the Baltimore and the Yankees stacks. So um, I do like Franco. Nova stinks. Nova can't strike people out. Franco looks really good at the plate right now. So he should be probably at least 4k on this slate. Um, and he's not. So definitely want to take advantage of that. If we get some weather in that Baltimore and New York game Uh, again, like Nunez, great spot for Nunez, a guy that has a lot of power upside against left-handed pitching and like he's cheap and nobody's going to play him. Like, you know, people don't like playing Baltimore. That's fine. Um, I usually pick on Baltimore more than anyone too. Um, but like this guy, he's going to make hard contact. He's going to hit the ball hard. And I, I love the upside for him here against Happy. Profiles really well against him. Yeah, like that call. We already talked about it a little bit. The Padres, we talked about that ballpark. Manny Machado sitting there at 4.1K. Righty, righty matchup. People are going to shy away slightly because of it and because he had a little bit of a rough season last year. But we already talked about Gaussman. We talked about how he throws that splitter a lot. We know guys that do that. Frankie Montas is a guy that turned into fairly splits neutral because that Gaussman is now reverse splits. Splitter doesn't do much against righties as opposed to lefties here. Machado, 4.1K, maybe a decent ballpark now that people don't know about. I really like Machado. I already said I really like the righties here. Don't mind using Gaussman on the other side because the strikeout upside versus lefties. But Machado coming in at 8%. A lot less than a guy like LeMahieu at 300 bucks cheaper. I think that he's a better play than LeMahieu. I'm not going to be surprised in any case if LeMahieu doesn't do too much and Machado ends up taking the ball the yard more than once. What are your thoughts on Machado? We already talked about it a little bit, but give me some more. Yeah, like, like I said, like one out of three teams. Um, I, I really like the spot for Machado and Tatis. Um, like Machado is a fantastic play in my opinion here. Um, he's like in my main tournament lineup right now. So like, I I like Machado uh, a lot. So hopefully like, 
we don't see the ownership bump. If we like we lose the Yankees, I feel like people are going to be scrambling a little bit. And um, hopefully Machado is not like that guy they start going to. I also like Jose Ramirez here. Um, again, I, I think Barrios is someone you can definitely stack against on this slate. I don't think a lot of people will do it. And he did not look great in that first start. Um, and if he struggles with his command here again, like you're going to get a bad bad part of that Minnesota bullpen. And Cleveland is a team that can score 10-plus runs on any given night. So um, I like Jose Ramirez, too, if you want to be different. Yep, right there with you. What about any other guys? Josh Donaldson going up against Bieber. Bieber, a good pitcher, but gives up a decent amount of hard contact. And Donaldson has a decent amount of plate discipline. Yandy Diaz, lefty-righty matchup, batting leadoff, 3.8K. Candelario, not a great hitter, but singer, like I said, said if that slider isn't working, he could be in some trouble there. Anyhar going ninth in the lineup there for the Yankees if that game ends up playing. Escobar, Rendon, lefty-righty matchup, like 5.4K, but you have money to spend. Any of these other guys really tickle your fancy? Um, Not really. Like, this would be the first day that I haven't stacked the Twins, so they'll probably score like 15 runs. But um, it's pretty much a guarantee, then. Thanks. Now I'm going <laughs> to stack them all over the place. Yeah. Um, if Austin Riley wasn't hitting so far down in the lineup, like, I'd have some interest in him. He, he showed some really good upside against lefties. Um, Anthony Rendon against the lefty at really low ownership. You know, we know the upside that Anthony Rendon has against left handed pitching. He can hit two home runs in this game, and it wouldn't shock anybody. But, um, yeah, outside of stacking teams, I, I just don't have any interest here in a lot of these guys. So, you know, my player pool is pretty much done. Like I said, now I'm going to might have to open it back up with this New York Baltimore news. But, yeah. Well, we'll see what Roth has to say after this. Guys, again, free crunch time. Get on in there. And now is probably a good time to mention SharpSide. Guys, if you haven't signed up for SharpSide, Devin, I don't know if this is the time, but now I'm telling you it's the time. If you haven't signed up for SharpSide, go ahead and get signed up. Free contests all the time. They have a current lock contest. Get more than five in a row. I think you get more free FanDuel credit just for getting more than five or more in a row. Me and Stevie happened to have the exact same bet for our lock. We didn't know that. I got a backup one. I can't remember what it is, but I got a backup one. Stevie, what was your lock for the sharp side contest? Yeah, I don't know if it was like just because it was sharp side or like if it was we we got it at the right time or whatever, but uh, Kansas City was minus 103 um, on the money line. So I lost my streak bet like two days ago, won my streak bet yesterday. So my lock today is Kansas City money line um, at minus 103. I, like almost a pick for Kansas City. And I love the Royals. Um, I do not like, you know, Detroit's um, on the other side. Yeah, uh, I think that I ended up – I got that exact same thing. Like I bet it and then it immediately changed to minus 103. Either way, it's still qualified for the sharp side lock bet. I went – if you want a different one, I like the Indians. Again, Barrios, we mentioned it multiple times, did not look great. Bieber, a guy that we do have to worry about power, but he is an ace pitcher, one of the best pitchers in the entire league. So if you don't want to go with the Royals, go with the Indians. I know that they're plus 107, but they should probably be favored in this matchup, in my opinion. I'm a big fan of them. But go ahead, get that in. Let's move on to shortstop. I already talked about Peraza, so we won't talk about it again. Pretty much every single position, we are obligated to talk about a Royals bat because, again, they're all way too cheap. Mondesi moving all the way down to seventh, but going up against Nova, who's not great, cannot strike someone out. 
Mondesi, seventh in the order, currently projected for 30% ownership. I'm guessing it's going to drop a little bit lower than that. What are your thoughts on him? Are you using him? Yeah, I actually like him a lot in this spot. Like, I like the fact that, like, he's not facing a lefty. Um, he's, like, kind of lost to the plate facing the lefties the last few days. Um, Nova, not a big K guy. The biggest thing you worry about Mondesi is, you know, high strikeout guys. So, Mondesi, the upside is definitely there. I, I like him in the spot. Um, I'm not really, like, I don't love any shortstop today. So, like, it, it's uh, just, Tatis, like. outside of Tatis. Outside of Tatis. Um I think Torres is going to be really popular. Um, Peraza at shortstop, I think, will be really popular. So, like, looking at maybe, like, Xander, um, you know, just really, like, shortstop is, like, a last fill position for me. And if I need someone cheap, I'll play Peraza. If I have the money, I'll, I'll play um, Lindor or Xander. Um, or if I have, you know, everything, I'll go up to Tatis. Yeah, what are your thoughts on Polanco? He's 3.7K, so 400 more than Alberto Mondesi. Just straight up as a leverage play, as a game theory play, like Polanco going up against one of the chalkiest uh, pitchers on the slate there. Too cheap considering how good he is. Bad and high up there in the order. Going up against a hard contact guy. What about Polanco at 3.7K? Um, Ownership is updated. I'm going to refresh my page. The excitement is killing me right now. Let's see what it has to say. Um, As far as Polanco goes, I think, like, if you're going to play a a, a hitter, like, it'd be him or Kepler um, against Bieber, you know, under 15% K rate for Polanco against right-handed pitching last season. Bieber gives up a lot of hard contact. So, like, if I was going to play – one of I'd play one of those two guys if I was going to take shots on Minnesota here. Yeah, yeah. It looks like according to ownership, Mondesi's down at ten percent. Peraza's up to twenty five. No interest in Peraza here. Um, anyone else that we missed, like so going up against Freed, maybe two percent ownership. He's got some pop, but I think we're pretty much done with shortstop guys. Get ready to drop those questions into the chat here. looks like we're going to have a few extra minutes. Just have to go through outfield and stacks real quick, and we'll get to your questions here. And let's move on to outfield. we got Brett Phillips because, again, we have to talk about a Kansas City guy every single time. Batting ninth in the order, but looks like the bat has him as a favorite point per dollar. Any interest in him? Zero um, interest in him for me. Correct like- answer, sir. Move on. <laughs> Just- Kevin Pilar, second. Yes. Uh, 3K, yeah. too cheap. And Solaire, 3.6K. Dude has a ton of pop. Guy, it just can hit a bomb at any given time. Strikeouts are a concern with him, but not when he's going up against Nova. Solaire, clear top play on the entire slate when we're considering point per dollar. Coming in at 20% ownership. Is that too much for you? Nope. Um, like we've talked about so many spots where like I've, I'm so much lower ownership wise. So like having Solaire is not going to bother me. I think like he is one of the best plays point per dollar on the slate. So, you know, I'm okay with eating some ownership there. I like Kevin Pilar's price a lot. Um, you know, looking a a little bit higher, I, I think like you can look at like a Trent Grisham if you're onto that game. Um, if you're like stacking Tatis and, you know, Machado, throw Grisham in there, have a nice little three man. Uh, but really like Judge, Stanton, Trout, um, JD Martinez, like, like the top options, the, the guys up top today are just in such great spots. Like, 
JD is eventually going to start hitting. Um, like he's too good, and I think like he. This is a spot. Hopefully, like he can get rolling here on the road against Stephen Matz. Yeah. Uh, what about anyone else here? Uh, Fam, we already talked about Padres. He's the third guy that I'd like to throw in. Him and Myers, two guys I like to throw into my Padres stack. Cespedes going up against Perez, righty lefty matchup. It's in there at three point eight K. Hunter Renfro. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but he hits a lot of bombs versus lefties. Were you aware? He, uh, yes, he does. Yeah, so he's definitely in there. Uh, I'm trying to look at anyone else. Is there anyone that I'm missing that we need to talk about? Uh, by the way, decent leverage play and uh, decent low own play. Kyle Lewis, 3.9K going up against Bundy. We know that Lewis has some pop, and Bundy for some reason just seems to give up home runs at an unruly rate, even in LA, like it's more of a neutral ballpark for home runs, which is still a lot better than Baltimore. But Lewis has some pop here, 3.9 K you get the leverage off the highest owned pitcher in the slate and he can easily hit a bomb or two out of the ballpark. So Kyle Lewis is one of my favorite uh, GBP plays on the slate. Let's get, get some stacks, get some dongs and then get some questions Already talked about Padres. I'd say that's my favorite stack on the slate here. Who's your favorite stack? You know, I I'd say the Royals overall are my favorite stack, um, like everyone else. But like, if I'm looking to be different, Baltimore. Like, you can roll out four or five man Baltimore stack on the slate, and like, I like how it looks a lot. So, Yankees Baltimore, like that whole game. If it plays, I I think we're gonna see a lot of runs in that game. Yeah, yeah, I like the Padres, and then just because they're so expensive, like not a terrible idea is going to be going Dodgers, uh, KC as a double stack because you get guys like Turner, Betts, Bellinger. No one's going to use lefty-lefty. But Ray, like he walks a ton of guys, and he gives up a ton of hard contact. So it's either boom or bust. Yes, he can strike out a ton of guys, but he could easily be in for five runs in the first like three innings and just be get yanked, get bad parts of the bullpen, and they just go off there. Um, give me give me three guys to dong on this slate. Uh, three guys to dong. Let's see. Um, give me Nunez to hit a home run. Um, I'll go a little off the board here um, with Otani to hit a home run, and then um, give, me, give me Machado. All right. I'm going to go with Tatis. I'm going to go with Crone, and then I should have had another guy planned. I didn't, so I'm just going to go with a chalk answer and go Solaire here. Guys, go ahead and drop those questions into chat. I'm not seeing many, but I will get to whatever gets dropped in there as it comes in there. Let's look at the first one here. Um, guys, again, don't worry, crunch time free right after this, so you don't even have to leave this page. Just stay on the YouTube channel or stay on the Granders Live channel. Either one works, but first question Freed Stripling, a good GBP play for DK. Yeah, like if you're not if you're not playing like Bundy, um, Bieber, like you're already gaining leverage on the field. So yeah, I don't mind that. Yeah, does anyone know how to download the missing DLC pack for Warzone? I think you're on the wrong chat there. Although I I don't know how to download it. Um, they want Dean. It's a ridiculous thing to say. Who's Dean? Uh, I don't know. Some random dude. Um, I work with Dean a lot next month. 
Like, just so you guys know. Rough stuff. I work with Dean a lot. This I work with Dean and Cardi. It's a rough month. <laughs> Sorry. Is that what the gray hairs in the beard are from? Do I have gray hairs in my beard? It just am sounded I, good. Am I getting old? Uh, LeBron or Kawhi? I guess we'll go with some NBA stuff. I don't know. Good answer. Swanson at shortstop. I'm fine with it. Yeah, like I think the Braves are going to be really low owned on the slate. Um, and, yeah, they were really good against left handed pitching last season. So if you are on the Braves, um, play it. Like, don't let nobody talk you off of it. Play it. Uh, top three pitchers on the slate. I think we were in pretty close agreement on Singer and Bundy. Um, Singer, Bundy, and Lamette. I think yep. that's our top three. Um, let's see. Low owned pitcher for GPPs. I had one. I can't remember who it is. You said Freed sitting there at 7% is a good low owned pitcher. I mean, Robbie Ray for GPPs, like 14%, eight game slate. I mean, if you really want to go off the board and go Gaussman, just in case that splitter is really working well, not like I love the Padres, but Gaussman could easily get seven strikeouts in this matchup and against a decent strikeout team in the Padres. So they're not mutually exclusive. Although don't be surprised if he gives up three bombs in the first few innings and then gets yanked there. Um, which Yanks and O's would you stack? Um, I like the top five for Baltimore. I like everybody from New York. Um, I don't think there is a bad option from the Yankees. So um, we'll have to wait and see what Kevin Roth has to say on crunch time about that game. But um, like overall, I think everyone's in play uh, for New York and I like the top five um, for Baltimore. All right. People keep asking about the weather guys. Again, wait for uh crunch time right after this free today. Roth will go over the weather there. Um, Around six 30 Eastern. He'll be on crunch time to go over the weather. Yeah. So we, we don't know. We're not weathermen. We just trust the weatherman that we know who is Roth. That's the answer. Um, Singer, good GBP play. Absolutely he is. Um, thoughts on Gummy Bear King for NBA GBP Sleeper. Means he'll ask that. Which two pitchers will give me 13 innings tonight? My guess would probably be, what, Bundy and Bieber? I think Bieber has the longest leash. Um, you know, that first start, he went back out after 100 pitches. So I think Bieber has the longest leash. Um, him and Bundy would be my two, yeah. Better play Franco or Peraza? Absolutely Franco, in my opinion. Is yeah, Bieber Chuck? Much more upside. Is Bieber Chuck? Yes, he is. Uh, vomit stack, probably the, in my opinion, Detroit would be the vomit stack. One last question Stripling or Bundy? FanDuel GPP. You answer first. Bundy. That is the correct answer. Even though he's lost me so much money, I just can't quit him. He's like that one <laughs> X that you keep coming back to no matter how horribly she treats you just because, you know, occasionally it's good. Um, but, guys, that's been it. That's been Grinders Live. Again, stay tuned. I think we've got the six-pack coming up and then an hour of crunch time, I believe. Baseball and NBA. Basketball is back, guys. Life is good. Everything's great. Stevie, thanks for joining me. I'll probably be back with you, what, Sunday night for a little bit of morning grind. Is that correct? Yeah, for sure. Monday. All right. Well, guys, it's been fun. We're out of here. See you, kids.
NBA is back, and so is the Fantasy Bar. Six of my favorite plays for the two-game slate on Thursday night, including my favorite value plays. A couple guys I think could go overlooked here. And, of course, my favorite play on the slate. Who is it? Belly up to the Fantasy Bar and find out. Welcome back, guys. The NBA is finally back. It's good to be back here in the Fantasy Bar, providing six of my favorite plays for that two-game Thursday slate. Welcome in. Can't wait to break things down. Before we get into some NBA talk, guys, got to get over to Roto-Grinders. Special offer for you guys for hanging out at the Fantasy Bar. Go to rotogrinders.com slash beer, and that's going to get you $10 off an RG premium subscription that covers Baseball, basketball we're about to talk about, NFL, let's hope we have a season, as well as the PGA Tour, all under one umbrella, rotogrinders.com backslash beer. Now, make sure on YouTube you're hitting that thumbs up button, guys. That's the tip jar here in the Fantasy Bar. If you enjoy the videos, you enjoy checking out the Fantasy Bar, that's all I need from you, that thumbs up button. Make sure you subscribe to the channel as well. Going to be doing baseball, a couple videos already out this week. Going to be doing NBA a couple times a week. Tonight's video, as well as a big Friday video as well for the bigger slate. So stay tuned for that. So make sure you're getting notified when those videos are coming out. And last thing before we get into the plays, make sure you go and download the SharpSide app. Get access to lines, player props, everything you need. Better yet, we're giving you a free contest. The street contest is back. All you got to do, go in and lock in your favorite bets for a chance at some great prizes over on the sharp side app all right let's get into the plays guys before we jump in remember two game slate nothing's going to be sneaky here got to be very creative the biggest thing i can tell you make sure you're leaving some salary on the table give your lineup a chance to be unique no matter how much money you can leave up to two three thousand dollars if you need to be unique or even more don't zero out a lineup especially in these big giant contests so let's have some fun with it we'll have a more in-depth video with more games on Friday, but still a chance to win some money here, some massive tournaments on Thursday. So enough of me babbling. Let's get into it. Let's start with Donovan Mitchell of the Jazz. So no Bogdan Bogdanovich for the Utah Jazz, and a lot of people shake their heads, say, who cares about that? Look, this guy took up more usage and more shots than you probably realize. So you take him off the floor. You can find this information over at Roto-Grinders using our Court IQ tool, invaluable information in my opinion, but we take Bogdanovich off the floor. Guess what that usage rate looks like? You see it right on your screen, over 34% for Donovan Mitchell. Now we look at the matchup here with New Orleans, pre-COVID, giving up the seventh most fantasy points per game to the shooting guard position, and this shows in the numbers. Donovan Mitchell's been very good against this team so far this season, averaging over 51 DraftKings points a game in three games versus New Orleans. Now, Holiday was not in all those games. That'll be the argument here. But I still think there's room here with no Bogdanovich, a team that struggles against this position, and a guy that's done very well against this team. Donovan Mitchell looks too cheap here in the low sevens on DraftKings and Fandle. All right, let's go to the center position. Let's go with Derek Favors of the Pelicans. So Zion Williamson questionable as of this recording. Going to be a game-time decision, and I don't really care if he's in there or not. I really like this spot for Derek Favors. If Zion's in there, yeah, maybe it takes a few shots away, some usage away. Still a lot of opportunity here for Derek Favors. If Zion's out, maybe that's five, six, seven more minutes we get of Derek Favors. Never a guy that's going to go out there and play 40 minutes, but not a guy that needs to, can get it done in limited minutes. We've seen it 
many, many times. So you look at the center position. I think a lot of people are going to get that safe, cozy feeling and go with Rudy Gobert. Gobert definitely the safe play here. But we don't want to be safe here. We're in the fantasy bar. We want to win these damn tournaments. Let's take some risks here. And I'm going to do that with Derek Favors. And a little bonus here. We get a little narrative street as well. You guys know I love me some narratives. Obviously, Derek Favors drafted by the Utah Jazz. But so far this season, averaging 41 DraftKings points a game against his team. So nice cheap prices here. I think with everybody going, Gobert, Favors could be lower owned than he should be. Whether Zion's in or not, does not matter. Get Derek Favors in those lineups. All right, let's go back to the Jazz. Let's go back to the point guard position for Mike Conley Jr., so I've been reading a lot of reports, trying to pay attention to all these players with NBA starting back up and heard nothing but good things here about Mike Conley looking healthier, looking more aggressive, not looking like the guy we saw pre-coronavirus, looking like a different man. And this is a guy we know can stuff the stat sheet. These are the kind of guys I love in NBA DFS, a guy that can hit every single category, does not rely on one thing, does not rely on his scoring, doesn't need a shot to be falling, but if he is, it's nothing but bonus points here with Mike Conley. We know the assists are going to be there. A good rebounding guard for his size and a guy that can get some steals as well. So contributing in every single category. When we look at New Orleans, bottom five in fantasy points allowed to the point guard position here. Mike Conley, let's pair up the Utah Jazz guards. Conley and Donovan Mitchell here on opening night. All right, let's move to the next game. We got Lakers, Clippers. Let's get you some value. I think it's going to be overlooked here with shooting guard Danny Green of the Lakers. So no Avery Bradley. This is another one like the Bogdanovich. Most people are like, who the hell cares about Avery Bradley? Well, we, we look at the numbers, and Danny Green's going to get a nice, sizable boost here with Avery Bradley out of the lineup. And I know they brought in J.R. Smith, Deion Waiters. We'll see how these minutes play out, but I got to think Danny Green, especially with his defense, is going to play big-time minutes here in this game. Let's dig into the matchup here a little bit with Danny Green. He's done very well against the Clippers this season. We look at his salary right now with some of the numbers he's put up. We're getting a 7x return. What's not to love about a 7x return? I'll take that any night of the week. And we know Danny Green, if he does get hot with that shot, and kind of the opposite we talked about with Mike Conley, but if he does get hot here, we are going to get a massive performance from Danny Green. So the minutes are there. That's what I'm looking at with Danny Green. The price, definitely favorable, near min price on both sides. And the upside that we know is there. Does he do it every night? No, he does not. That's why he's 3,500 and 4,100. But I think the upside is there. Willing to take that risk here tonight with Danny Green. All right, moving on. We're going to stay right with the Lakers. Some more value with small forward, power forward, Kyle Kuzma. So with the Lakers, I don't think you're going to get 35, 40 minutes here from LeBron James. Anthony Davis, we know, is already dealing with an injury. Surprise, surprise, NBA is back. So I think that's good things for Kyle Kuzma. Teams have to put less emphasis on getting the number one seed. There is no home court advantage here in the bubble. Now, teams still want to be the number one seed, of course, but I think there's less emphasis on it. Why run LeBron James into the ground? Let's get Kyle Kuzma some minutes. Let's get this guy going as our number three option. We started to see glimpses of that before the coronavirus hit, but when I look at prices here, it really stood out to me, under 5000 for a guy of this magnitude. So great buy low here with Kyle Kuzma on both sides. And this matchup, once again, we're digging into matchups, averaging over 30 DraftKings points a game against the Los Angeles Clippers. He gives us 30 for easy 6, 7, 8x here on these numbers. Let's not overthink it. Great value here on the Lakers with Danny Green and Kyle Kuzma. All right, it's time to take a look at my favorite play for the two-game Thursday night slate. But before we do that, guys, we're going to run it back. We're going to do the Beast of the Night contest. All you have to do is get in the comment section of the video and let me know 
fantasy points for my beast in the night on DraftKings. The closest guest is going to win themselves a free week of Roto Grinders Premium. Or if you're already a loyal subscriber, we're going to send you a free Roto Grinders t shirt. So, without further ado, let's get into it. Good to be back. Let's take a look. My favorite play on Thursday night, you no know, mass, the beast of the night. All right, Beast time, we got to get you a clipper here, and there's a couple choices I really like, but we're going to go with Kawhi Leonard, tonight's Beast of the Night. So we know Kawhi loves to get on these big stages and perform, and I know that's narrative-driven, that's not number-driven. We'll get into some numbers here in a minute, but just think about over the years, Kawhi Leonard has really thrived in these spots, and when I'm looking at ownership, I think LeBron James is going to have heavy ownership here on this slate. I think Paul George, who's much cheaper then Kawhi Leonard is going to probably be the highest owned player on the slate. So why don't we avoid some of that ownership? Not that Paul George is a bad play, and you're not going to be able to avoid all ownership on a two-game slate. But if Kawhi Leonard's going to be a fraction of the ownership of Paul George, I want a lot of exposure to that in tournaments. Let's look at the matchup here. We gave you some narratives here. We gave you some ownership talk. Numbers-wise, playing very well. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Crunch Time. It is, it is a glorious day. It is a Thursday Crunch Time. It's only two games. Do, you, do we care that it's only two games? No, we don't care whatsoever. This is honestly better than Christmas. I am so excited to be joined by the one and only Andy Means, my good friend, my good buddy, and one of the smartest basketball minds in the universe. What's up, Means? I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled to be here, Roth. I'm sadly, I don't know, Sally, I'm getting goosebumps right now. I'm so happy to be back doing yeah. this. It was a weird, weird end to the regular season and weird last whatever months. Like, let's try to get back to some normal. I'm just pumped to be doing this, man. Yeah, I just woke up so happy and just like all the respect and kudos in the world to Adam Silver for figuring this whole thing out and getting basketball back. The last time we talked, I said, I literally can't see a way that basketball gets back. And you're like, no, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And you know what? You were right. And I am just so, so glad that you were. I am too. And I like being right. That's always fun. But yeah. they're just smart people running the show there. There's a lot of money at stake. Um, they have a little bit of an advantage because they have to finish the season, yeah. not do a whole season. We'll see what happens next year. But let's just be happy about the bubble and let's be happy we got DFS tonight, man. And not only do we have DFS, we have uh, just monster tournaments ongoing, which is really exciting. I think the NBA is not just a, like a million-dollar prize pool, but it's a million dollars at the top, correct? Oh, yeah. Three yeah. million-dollar prize pools, a lot of overlay out there. So if, uh, if anybody is, I don't know, um, watching and thinking about playing, maybe throw, some, maybe throw some entries in there. Or don't, and just let us win more money. Yeah, I'm That's cool it. with that. Uh, it's um, the, the DraftKings one, at least, which I really love because I don't like when the Millie Makers are 25 bucks or whatever. I'm, I don't throw that much money. I play like $2 a night, but it's $4. It's $4 and I could win a million bucks. It's just very exciting. Uh, so I am so excited uh, to break down a lineup with you. It's just, it's been too long. So why don't you kind of dive into what you're thinking? Yeah, and um, we're free. 
right now. So if there's Ooh, any any newbies point. out there, um, welcome and hope hope you stick around. We're going to be doing this at least through the seeding games, and that's going to be starting tomorrow. This stuff's going to be on early, so get excited for that. And what we usually do is I'll just talk uh, some cash games on FanDuel. Then we'll talk. Um, then maybe t- since we don't have anyone else on, with us to, today, I'll talk some tournament stuff. Then we'll do the same thing for DK. Um, touch on any news that happens and then take some questions. So um, anything else you want to add, Ralph, before I hop into FanDuel? Uh, if you like it, sign up for Roto-Grinders uh, Core 4 package. It's literally the best – it's the best deal in the industry. So joining up, you get you get, you get get this guy, you get all kinds of other experts, <laughs> and you get me doing weather, which I don't think any other place has. Um, hopefully I get the weather right. It's actually a very busy – it's, a, it's actually a tough weather forecast, so I'm trying not to stress about that right now. But at times, Meansy, if I'm preoccupied or looking at the phone, I'm staring at radar. So this, I figure, this I figure you got a you got an out to ignore me tonight. Tonight only, yeah. right? Uh, and then uh, Friday, we'll uh, we'll do what we usually do on Friday. We'll crack a few beers and have a, oh, have yeah. a damn good time. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Well, why don't you dive into the slate? I, as always, I read your core plays, and it was it was just fun. It was nostalgic. I know. It felt good to be. It felt, I just felt good writing about NBA stuff. I didn't have to write, write about Korean baseball. Um, all right, so <laughs> we're gonna. I'm gonna treat this as I normally do. Like the, you know, I don't know. I don't really recommend playing many cash games on FanDuel, especially because there's just so much overlap on a two game slate. But I'm gonna talk about this uh, as I normally do. So, and I kind of think FanDuel takes you into a normal build. And I guess just real quick, let me just touch on some of the important news. Uh, Zion, they said he's he's going to play or at least the reports are that he's going to play and that he is going to play in short bursts. So what that means, I don't really know. When he was at his normal in his 19 games, he was playing like, I don't know, 31, 32. He'd tick up to 34. I mean, I'd be shocked if he plays over 30 minutes now with that report. And then what's that, what that's going to be, maybe mid-20s. So that's kind of what I think we should be looking at for him. And then Patrick Beverly's the other one we're not sure about on the late game. Um, he was He had to leave for a family emergency, I think. So they had to go through his quarantine process. I I think he's out of that now because he was at shoot around today but didn't participate. But there's all sorts of weird vibes and speculation that he's not playing tonight. So that would bump Reggie Jackson up even more. And he's a good – I already have him tagged on FanDuel, which is a good segue into point guard because point guard on FanDuel is just really bad. You have to play two. So it, worst case scenario, Reggie Jackson's going to be the backup to Beverly – and have some decent usage in the second unit because they do try to actually play PG and Kawhi a lot together. They don't stagger them as much as other teams. So he would have some decent usage on the second unit. If he, if Beverly's out, he's going to be a really good play strictly on minutes alone. Uh, and he's still going to have plenty of usage and, and assist rate to go. We'll be going up to there. So at three, eight, I think he's a, he's a good starting point for salary relief. And then really, like the only other guy I really like at point guard on FanDuel for cash games is Conley which is not necessarily a great feeling because he has been not great with Utah this year. He played a little better in the last month or two as, mm-hmm. as they got closer to the hiatus. But this is just a bad position, man. Like Lonzo at 7-9 against Utah, love him for tournaments. But, man, like there's no way you're playing that in cash games. And you have Beverly, who may not even play. You have Shamit, who Doc said is not going to play a lot anyways because he's coming back from a quarantine and has been, not been with the team at all. Some of these other guys we just don't have any uh, minutes on them at all. Then you're looking at Caruso. Or Moutier, who's basically Moutier strictly backup minutes to Conley. So if it's not Conley, it's Caruso, and that's just there. There's your point guard discussion. Um, shooting guard, ugly. yeah, it is very ugly. Um, shooting guard, I think you're basically you're for sure playing two of three guys, 
Clarkson, who I've tagged, PG, who I wrote up, but I untagged just because there's other priorities because of who you have to play in your positional requirements, and then Donovan Mitchell. I will say right now, in a vacuum, I do like Paul George just a little better. Um, I just like the situation with no Lou Will and no Montrez Harrell and maybe no Beverly. Uh, obviously, the Jazz are, have no Bogdanovich now, which helps everybody. And I feel better about Mitchell's minutes, and I like Mitchell's matchup better. But just the overall situation makes me like Paul George a little bit. But that $200 actually means a lot on FanDuel because there's a lineup I really like that has Mitchell instead of George, and you need that 200 Long story short, I think you play two of those three guys. We'll talk about some tournament pivots uh, when I get through everything. Um, small forward. Even with Zion playing, I still like Ingram at, at 7-3. He's drastically cheaper than the other two studs, Kawhi and LeBron. Um he was at like, I think since January 22nd, which is when Zion started playing, he was, Ingram was basically like 1.04 FanDuel points per minute. He's going to, I, I feel great about these Pelicans guys getting their mid thirties minutes. So I think he's just slightly underpriced. He, I, I mean, if there's one guy I would take out of these three, it would be him. And just like, I would tag one of Mitchell or Paul George, but like, I want to at least get, get something out there for everybody. So who you're playing him with though, I think this is, going to be a pay up spot here especially like we're talking about Conley's like in the sixes I think um you have you're gonna have the money with the rest of these other four positions so I think you're playing one of Kawhi or LeBron if anything else it's Ingles like you look at the other three guys they said um Markeef is going to be even more limited on his minutes and then you have two guys who you just can't play so you're just playing almost certainly Ingram and one of these two studs and then power forward my least favorite position on the slate by far on both sides Man, it's bad. Um, it's garbage. Yeah, that... it's, it's really bad. And then on DK, you got to do like at least you get Paul George at small forward, then you have to do a power forward and a forward. It is not fun. Yeah, but it'll be a lot better tomorrow. I I, I promise you that. Um, so what you're doing here is you honestly might be stuck into paying up for AD, which is fine. Like of the three studs, and by the three studs, I am classifying that as LeBron, Kawhi, and AD, just because Paul George is he's kind of up there, but he's yeah, just a little, a little cheaper. cheaper. I just feel like AD is the I'm the least certain of him playing a lot of minutes. He missed the last game. He's had the eye injury. He's AD to begin with. Um, the Clippers have been playing their main guys a lot more in these scrimmages. Like uh, Paul George was at 28 minutes in their last scrimmage. Kawhi was at 30. You can see their ramp just going up, getting ready to play normal minutes this game. The Lakers, not as much. Like, But then you have LeBron, who's just a robot, who's always in good shape when he – like he'll be in good shape when he's 67 years old. So I'm not worried about him playing his normal minutes as much as AD. But you might just have to fall on him, especially on FanDuel, just because you need to spend money at a really bad position where you have to play too. So you might land on him. Zion, I don't want to play him now that he is uh, – that we have these short bursts. He, I had a lineup I liked with him uh, earlier. Don't think you need to do it now. So you're probably looking at this Kyle Kuzma, Marcus Morris, Jermichael Green batch as your, uh, as your pairing with – maybe AD or maybe you play, play both of the cheapies. Royce O'Neal's fine too. I kind of prefer, prefer Kuzma slightly um, if you have if you have the funds, but Morris is fine too at the $500 cheaper. And then center, mostly a two-man race for me here in cash games between Gobert and Favors. I would prefer Gobert, all things equal. Uh, a lot of it, what, I, don't, I don't absolutely love him at 8-2. He's the best play in a vacuum to me, but he's not better than like the shooting guard options. Um, and you just, and you have to play a center. And so you kind of are forced between those two. The other guys, JaVale McGee is more interesting on DK where he's much cheaper. And then Zubach, I'm worried about 
him kind of being limited. So that's kind of it for me as far as like cash game discussions go. Okay. Um, there's been a few, a few fan duel questions. Most of them have been DK tournament questions. So of course we're going to get to all those in a bit, mm-hmm. but here's a quick fan duel question for you. It is a GPP question at point guard. Any interest in sexy Alex Caruso as a punt? And I did not add the sexy qualifier. That was, that was in the question. I'm going to hit a refresh real quick, just so I make sure I have uh, projected ownership up to date. Cause I want to look at that at point guard. Cause I, I mentioned him as he would be probably the third option of the two guys I mentioned um, of, of the guys we have. So let's look at, so we have Caruso at 28%. Yeah. I mean, I'm fine with, we have these two guys I talked about basically approaching 50. Um, I personally don't think uh, Lonzo will be 43%, but just because he's so expensive, but maybe will just cause you might be forced into it. And again, a shout out to everybody working behind the scenes on how you can, uh, if you haven't noticed already, but you can edit these projected ownerships to fit what you want. So that's an awesome feature that I think we added in the quarantine. So I think, I'm not sure if it's all blur. Um, yeah, love Caruso though. And that kind of just makes your, that kind of makes your, uh, build a little different too. And also one other thing, I know I, I, or one, someone's already asked me this, but FanDuel does have late swap now. So like when we were talking in March, we would talk about taking shots on guessing on situations. Right. FanDuel has late swap now, especially because these guys, these games are going to be like Christmas day where they're just so, so staggered. So keep that in mind too. Cause I was going to talk about like Reggie Jackson, like Caruso's definitely could pivot off Reggie Jackson. Cause like, let's say Beverly plays Jackson is fine, but he's not like so much better to play than Caruso. And for all we know, Caruso could see his minutes tick up just because they're so thin in the backcourt with, you know, Rondo and Bradley out. So, yeah, I like him. That's a way to be different there. Uh, like shooting guard, I really like Drew Holiday. Like there's nothing about him – in tournaments, I'm sorry. There's nothing about him that's going to be like a great medium projection play. Like we have him as a negative RG value. But people are not going to spend – if they have places to spend up, they're not going to spend up 8-3 against Utah for Drew Holiday with – um with Zion back and you have like the LeBrons and the Kawhis, like you're going to get some pretty low ownership. I feel on him. And then, then you're just taking shots on all these cheap guys that are going to be pivots off Clarkson. We have Clarkson at 37% ownership. You have like, we saw JJ in that last scrimmage dude got caught fire, scored like 20 in a quarter or something. Uh, so you're looking at him. KCP can do that to a lesser degree, but he's cheaper, but he'll get you some rebounds, some steals, some blocks. Um, he'll get you there in different ways. Hart can, can kind of contribute across the board. So those are some ways to be different in shooting guard. So I really think these three guys are just going to take the majority of the ownership um, at shooting guard. Small forward, we kind of talked about all the meaningful plays anyways, just because you're pr- pretty much looking at this group of of uh, four guys. Waiters. Now, there's there's something you can we can think of here for, for talking about. If you want to talk game stacks or just how a game script could go in general, I think this first game is going to be way more competitive. Obviously, the Pelicans are going to try to get in that play-in game. Um, everyone wants to make them. Everyone wants them to make the playoffs, anyways. I think, and the Utah is playing for something too. They're playing for seeding. They're still kind of. Um, they're not like I guess they're guaranteed to get in the playoffs, but they still want to get as good as seed as possible. Good as seed as possible. But I think that game is going to be way more competitive. Lakers are in first place by a, a, a wide margin in the West. Getting the best record in the league does not matter. If they, they don't care about Milwaukee's record is, there's no home court advantage. It doesn't matter anymore. Clippers are a couple games, like a game and a half maybe up on Denver as the second and third seed, but they're also just only a couple games away from like being in like the four, five, six range. They do not want to get in the four, five range and play the Lakers in the second round. And 
I, and, and like you can see, like they're like I said, the Clippers are ramping these guys up, ready to get them ready for normal minutes in the in the playoffs. So, I, if that game, I'm not saying that it's going to get out of hand either way. But like, if you see like Deion Waiters, that's the guy you're trying to maybe take a couple shots on in these uh, in these um, big, huge, top heavy tournaments. Uh, like to just maybe he gets just goes and shoots 15 times in garbage time or something. So I know I'm kind of going on a rant, but I was trying to cover some tournament stuff on FanDuel. You're good. Uh, anything else? Uh, big men tournaments on FanDuel? Um... Power forward, I guess, would be maybe Melly with the uh, with the Zion news. They said Melly would have started if Zion wasn't playing, so maybe that just means he gets a little more minutes anyways. Um, I, oh, yeah, Jermichael. I love Jermichael Green and I in tournaments especially. And if you just want – if the position's so bad, like just use him. I don't know if I really talked about him too much. I, I did not intentionally mean to um, gloss over him because I really like him tonight. I'm perfectly fine with him in cash games too, just because the position's so bad. But he is the one guy, maybe him and like Marcus Morris, who can hold their own. I'm not saying anyone can guard LeBron or AD, but they can hold their own on guarding both of them. So like if you think he could maybe close as a five when AD is playing center, he could also play the four if they're playing if they play him next to Zubac or Noah. Um and in a pinch, like he can switch off onto LeBron and at least like hold his own, I guess. Um, so he's the one who I see could be the most, um, has the most upside to his minutes is the best way to put it. We have him at 23. I could see him playing upper, upper 20s. And the guy's pretty decent fantasy-wise. Like he can, he shoots three balls. Yeah. He can yeah. rebound. Like he's a decent player. If you run into more minutes or him performing above his head as far as his per minute production, if you get one of those, he's going to be fine. If you get both, he's going to be awesome. So I really like him uh, as a tournament play. We only have him at 24%. I think uh, three, six, basically the minimum price. He's one of my favorite tournament plays on this league. Excellent. Okay, let's talk some DK here. By the way, a lot of people in the YouTube chat are saying, hey, we want a baseball weather update that is coming in precisely 14 minutes. So hang on, baseball weather update is coming. We got time. We don't have time for NBA. We got to get through this DK stuff because we got to win somebody a million dollars. Hopefully me, but if it's one of you guys, that's okay too. <laughs> um, so let's talk about DK. You can run through uh, kind of cash first or cash and tournament together, however you'd like to do it. Yeah, I, I feel pretty good about the DK build. Um, I feel good about the FanDuel build too. It's just once I get down to the bottom couple, like the last three plays or so are, are tough to fill out for me on DK. I feel great about the start because these guys all have really good price tags. Like uh, I wrote in the update this morning on the core plays that Mitchell Mitchell's like 1.18 DK points per minute without Bojan this year. Gobert's like 1.12. They're going to play 34 minutes, I would think, 35 minutes maybe for Mitchell, and their price is 7K basically. So, like, that's just too cheap in my opinion. Love Paul George wrote about him and wrote about Clarkson. So that's an easy starting point for me. Um, and then even at the, at the worst price tag on DK, if Beverly's out, Jackson's going to be the next guy in. So I'm planning on him. Being filling in this guard spot here, um, I'll just I'll put him in just for the sake of like looking at the build and everything because that would be my next next guy in if he if, if Beverly's out. I'm not now that, that the last injury report has passed and we did not get that news. That's probably going to be um, that game starts at I think uh, eight Eastern, so that may maybe at ninety minutes before that. So we'll see. Um, looking at both, I'll just pull up both guards here both guard spots here to try to go through this a little quicker. 
because you're getting like we we the, for cash game builds we have the three guys I like there so you might not need anybody the, the guy who's popping up in the most of my builds is kind of the last piece is Conley here at six two and it's strictly as the last piece um, my one of my favorite salary plays besides these like besides Clarkson and Jackson is Danny Green you know no Bradley no Rajon Rondo kind of shooting dependent but can also kind of get you there in, in some hustle categories maybe some rebounds um, it'll be a grind but I like him at three five. I kept landing um, on Conley and I thought that I was the dumbest person alive because no one, he wasn't tagged in any of the Rotor Grinders premium tags. So I was like, is this an awful, awful play? The answer is no. Nope. Okay. And, he, and I think he's going to be, he's the, like, he is the key if they want to make a run at all. Like, their, their other guys are consistent. He has been the opposite of consistent. Yeah. And they brought him here for a specific reason. I mean, it's it's tough to know what to expect out of them because Bojan played basically every game but one in the regular season. So we'll see how they adapt. But he needs to play well. He's had plenty of time, uh, you know, to get his get his shit together. So we'll see. I, I like I like him. I think he's fine. Uh, it's not the first guy in my lineup, but you also get him at twenty two percent. That'd be pretty good on a two game slate. So I do like him. Other guards as far as cash games. Wasn't really landing on anybody else here. I mean, LeBron, obviously, he's way more uh, useful for me in this forward slot where you're kind of just scraping to get guys uh, just because of the positional requirements. Mm, that's about it for me. Those are the main guys I looked at for for the guard slot. We have PG at small forward. I do want to just – I'm just going to look at power forward first real quick because, again, this is just a real struggle. Jermichael, I would I, – I, I like – here too, but it kind of leaves me in a weird spot with my last two spots. So we, I actually find them more useful on Fanduel than I do on DK. You might like this is the group here: the Marcus Morris, Cal Kuzma range, four five and four seven. Like that, I really find myself using one of them because, like, do I want to spend up on AD or do I want to spend up on LeBron on DK? If I have the if I have the funds, probably LeBron. Scoring system is better for him, anyways. You know, you get plus three on Fanduel for blocks and seals, which benefits AD better. You get triple double bonuses. And double double bonuses on DK, which uh, LeBron is accustomed to getting quite frequently. So that's what kind of why I want to go to this this cheaper range on that power forward. Those guys, those two, and Jamichael, and then use LeBron at forward if I can. Uh, some other guys, maybe Royce as a last piece, and Ingram's just a little too expensive for cash games for me. Uh, so that's about it. Let me just look at small forward to see if there's anyone here who popped into this uh, forward slot. Josh Hart, I considered some we already talked about Danny Green Ingles is maybe as a last piece don't really want to land there if I don't want to yeah and then Kawhi obviously um he is only small forward no no I, I gloss over him so yeah he's he's fine too he's 1500 cheaper than LeBron no issue at all with him being your next big spend in cash games instead of one of the Lakers no issue at all uh, kind of just I don't have a preference really kind of just depends on where you land in terms of your uh what you're doing in these other spots you're prioritizing so that's it there. Let's see uh, any sinners um, favors. Maybe JaVale maybe JaVale was the one person on here who like, if maybe you don't want to go, go bear. He would be the one guy I'd cut out of the four core plays I have. If you're like really thin on one, it would probably be go bear at this point. And then you can like do a JaVale here and then spend up, spend up on maybe one or two other studs. That would be the route I see to no go bear, but JaVale maybe don't really like it even on a two game slate. I'd rather go cheap with like a Danny green or something or a Jermichael Green. That's really it for me. Zubach, maybe. Yeah, that's about it. That's all I got for cash games. How do you want me to 
handle just a couple minutes on tournament stuff here? Yeah, let's spend a couple minutes on tournaments. And there's a lot of questions coming in, like, you know, how's JJ Redick in GPPs? Caruso for the mm-hmm. win. Uh, the Gummy Bear King. <laughs> I assume it's That's Dion Waiters, Waiters baby. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so there's a lot of questions coming in, but let's kind of run through it first. You'll probably answer a bunch of those questions while you do so. And then I've got the YouTube questions I'll take and also the uh, the Crunch Time chat uh, in Discord up. That is, mm-hmm. We've got that going 24 hours a day, so I'll be taking questions from there. Also, for the next two minutes, it's all on you. I need to look at the very latest models for uh, for baseball. All right. I will go talk about some tournament stuff on DK. So I think kind of similar to what I, I was – on DK especially, the Pelicans guys are uh, a little overpriced from a median projective median projection standpoint. So like your Brandon Ingram's, your Drew Holiday's, those guys are going to come in with relatively low ownership compared to some of these other guys who have prices, who they're priced similarly to like Drew's at eight, six, 24% Ingram's at eight, uh, three, um, and he's at 30%. I wouldn't play. I'm trying to think I wouldn't play. I don't think I'd play those two guys together unless you're just full on game stacking. I would try to keep those guys separately. Maybe two of, two of the three of uh, Zion Ingram and, and Drew, but with Zion's minute cap, I just, I would prefer to be underweight on whatever he is on the field and he is at 15%. So maybe, yeah, not, maybe not underweight at 15%. Take that back. So let's go through some of these. So I think the, the at least this way I have um, with those four core play guys is going to be kind of the build. So you kind of have to think what would be a way to get off of that a little bit. I would probably take out one of Mitchell and Gobert first and foremost, and then focus on one of the Lakers guys. LeBron's at 51%, AD's at 38%. It's tough for me. I, I hate, you know, I hate having to be low on Anthony Davis because he has one of the highest ceilings in the game. But again, I would probably just, I would probably go AD there. I would not play... It's tough for me to say this because it's a two-game slate because pretty much anything is on the table in a two-game slate. We have 900,000 uh, people in a tournament, but like I would try not to get a make a habit of like playing Kawhi and Paul George together. Um, I would try not to get a habit of playing AD and LeBron together. I know it might you might have to just to be like wildly different. I would definitely not want to do that on a six or seven-game slate, but on here, that's just not something I would want to be doing a lot of, especially if you're max entering these things. Let me just scroll down here to the bot, a little further down to the bottom on some of these guys. In terms of what Lonzo, I talked about uh, the other Pelicans guys, but I, I wrote about, I think in in the core plays articles, let's love Lonzo. People, I just don't think people are going to play him with a full health uh, with a full Pelicans roster against Utah. I just don't think people are going to play him. And I, he, the guy was getting like fifty burgers before the uh, hiatus. Like the, he was, I can't, you know, it's stupid to just say, oh, that's going to start happening now. We've had four months off or whatever, and and who, who the heck knows what's going to happen? But the guy has that ceiling, and he's in the sevens, so. And he's at 26%, you know, on a two-game slate. So that's something I like. Um, J- I think we had a J.J. Reddick question. Again, you want guys who have that type of ceiling. If they're just going to keep feeding the guy the ball like they were in that one scrimmage game, the guy can get hot and th- they will look for him. It's not just something where it's happenstance that he gets an open look or something. They will look for him if he has a, a hot hand going like that. Moving on down. I know uh, Nodo was is really high on Royce. He's at 15%. Like, that's – that's a really low. We don't know. Like we're guessing on how the Jazz are going to handle all this with no Bojan. So like, at Royce at fifteen percent, Noto's taking a stand on him. Love that as a play. Um, KCP nine percent. Like that. This week we were talking about him with JJ. So like these are some of the guys. Waiters at five percent. I'm telling you, man, it's three one. Like I can envision a, a scenario where this dude 
comes in and in the fourth quarter, maybe they're behind, they need a spark. The guy comes in and chucks. Yeah. He gets a couple threes. Like the guy can get you 24 DK points and like what that allows you to do with the rest of your lineup. That's good. So uh, I think that's about it. I know we were kind of short on time to get some QQs here. Yeah. Uh, I also, real quick, I was, I don't even remember which player it was, but they were talking about how this smaller gym is such an advantage to shooters that these shooters like JJ Redick and these guys can just absolutely catch fire. Any, like, I mean, you're a good shooter. You've played in big venues and in small. Any thoughts to that? It's basically a depth perception thing, but I will, I, I like smaller gyms personally, but it's also, I think it's also per by person. Like it's not everyone feels the same way. So um, I know even, I think JJ said on one of his pods that he was actually a little worried about the shooting background in, uh, initially. I don't know if that changed, but he said it was a little tough to get accustomed to just because it's all different. Like there's no stands and there's just a, it's, it's just different, even though it's smaller, which in theory would be probably a little better for most of these guys. It, uh, it's just, we definitely can't quantify it and it's more case by case. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, we've got three minutes left to get into some questions. Let's go lightning round style. Since I'm a weatherman lightning round <laughs> means he fan dual GPP pairing at small forward, Braun and Kawhi or Braun and Ingram. Braun and Kawhi try to just game stack it. Achilles DK single entry. This is a 3v3, Conley, Danny Green, AD, or Arjax, Kuz, LeBron. Can you just ask that one real quick again? Sorry. Sure. Conley, Danny Green, AD, or Arjax, Kuz, LeBron. I would go to the second one. All right. Um, how's JJ Reddick tonight in GPPs? You kind of mentioned that. I'm fine. Yeah, I like him. Any thoughts on Yahoo Cash if we have time? I don't know if you've had if you had time to do that. Maybe that's not a great time to ask that question. Uh, just ask me another one. I'll pull it up real quick. Okay. Uh, DKGPP is loading up the late game stack fine. Also with massive overlay on a two-game slate on both sites. What to do with lineup HQ? Throw more lineups in. Well... I don't, I mean, we have like a, we have the late swap tool there too, if that's what he's talking about. So I don't, I mean, lineup H, if you're banging a bunch of lineups, lineup, lineup HQ is where you should be living on over the next four hours. That, if that's what he's asking. We have all the capabilities that switch your lineups up. Right. Okay. Um, real quick, real quick on Yahoo. Um, I just have Clarkson and PG tagged. If I was going to add another one onto this one, it would probably be Reggie Jackson. And I just, I actually just will real quick, just, uh, just to make sure I have that because he's ten dollars anyways, and like he will, he he's fine to sigh relief, and he's going to be if Beverly's out, he's going to be for sure tagged. So I like him as the best sigh relief play, and um, those three guys would be the start. Um, I don't have time to go through the rest of it though. Okay, fair enough. Uh, honestly, you've done great with all the questions. Mostly, it's people in chat saying, "Welcome back, congratulations on heck yeah, back. yeah, man, feels good." Uh, Just the Ellis says, "Great to have you back." Could not agree more. Uh, Chief Justice also pointing out, by the way, that FanDuel does have late swap now. So um, some of these questions you actually do have a little bit of a little bit of time, which before we wouldn't have. Um, Meansy, I think it might be time. I'll see if I get the nod from Devin here, but I think it might be time to give you the boot because we have uh, caught up on the questions. So, yep. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to steal the screen from you or from Devin. We're going to pull up some radar, and we're going to talk a little bit of baseball. So, Means, it has been a pleasure, man. I'm so glad that we are back at it. I will see you tomorrow early in the day. Okay. Yeah, that's right. We got early NBA. And by the way, guys, 
Uh, we're going to start doing, uh, Minty, you can go. I got it from here. Um, okay. By the way, <laughs> thanks. Uh, by the way, we're going to start doing both crunch times for each NBA slate earlier in the afternoon and then another crunch time for the baseball slate. So kind of get two for the price of one here. And uh, I will be doing both of them mainly because uh, I'm here to talk weather and baseball and also because I love basketball and uh, hanging out with me and talking basketball is one of my favorite things. So with that said, it is time for a weather update. Uh, I was just looking at the latest models here. Um, I guess Baltimore is the big one that people are asking. So we'll start there. What I'm currently seeing here is that this game will start dry, right? Game starts in 30 minutes. That's not a concern. But there's two things that worry me. One, this line is just moving too fast. It's it's going to get there mid to late innings. Um, once that rain arrives, I don't know if they're going to be able to finish it. I think especially now that they've got the rule where, all right, if the rain comes even in the fourth inning, they can just, you know, call it they'll play the next game uh, they'll they'll play it later they'll resume from that point so i don't know how long they're going to stick around the other issue and really this is the bigger problem for me is these little pop-ups that we're starting to see just forming if we avoid all of these pop-ups in baltimore i think you probably do get enough innings out of this game to make it worthwhile for pitchers or uh, for hitters maybe you get more than half the game in but if one of these pop-ups goes over Baltimore and you get a delay and then this main line arrives, you're, it, you're done. You know, you, you've got, you got nothing. And I can't tell you if one of these little pop-ups is going to form just south of the ballpark. Is a pop-up going to form here and go this way? Or is one going to form right here and move over it? Um, I, I don't know. I, there's, there's no way to know where a pop-up is going to form. So what I think is that if it's a cash game, I don't think I do it. Uh, I just, I don't know how great of a play this is relative to everything else, but it's certainly a risky cash game play. If it's a tournament play and you're looking for something that might be a little lower owned with some upside, I get it. And I wouldn't call you crazy, but I, I think it's unlikely here that we can get in all nine innings, but we still have uh, what 28 more minutes to figure that out. Uh, other spots that I'm watching are the Mets game, by the way, Devin, do we have uh, our baseball guys in here yet? Wow, excellent. Okay, uh, good to know. Um, Mets game is going to be fine. There's a low, low chance for a delay there, but I'm not seeing anything on radar that is uh, worrisome. And then we'll go to the Atlanta game. I know it says Dobbins Air Force Base. That's just the closest location I could find here. Uh, again, I think there's a chance for a delay, but there's not a whole lot upstream. That one's going to miss south. And that means that I think that game plays very likely without a delay, just like the New York game. So really the only concern, I guess the the Cincinnati game is obviously a concern. I believe that game has already, uh, already started. If it were to start probably late started. Um, But yeah. uh, Okay. So they've got the late start there, which is maybe good news that they didn't just straight up postpone it. I thought that was probably likely. Um, We'll really quick. We'll check that. Let's see how it's looking there really quickly. Um, yeah, They got a shot there. I think probably late starting is a good call. They might be able to play through some light rain there. So that's, that's possible, but I'm going to be keeping my eye on primarily. Look, everything looks, that game doesn't matter. Uh, the New York game looks good. Atlanta game looks good. So mostly for the next 27 minutes, I'm going to be looking at the latest models and I'm going to be figuring out here uh, if I feel any sort of way about this Baltimore game, because right now 
I think it probably plays like right now. I think, I think it probably plays, but I don't feel good enough about it to say, Oh yeah, this is a cash game play because it is certainly a risky play. Like I mentioned, especially if there's a pop-up uh, with that said, I think we've got uh, what we've got Cardi here that will uh, go ahead and take the control from me. If you want to go ahead and grab it back from me, I'll allow it. And Hey guys, what's up? What's hey. going on, Ross? Hey, Hey, happy to have you. Um, we're diving right from NBA to some MLB. And generally, we start with a little discussion around the pitcher position. We got STL cards. We got Derek Cardi, a couple of the best biz. Cardi, why don't you lead us off? You, you tend to sometimes go a little off the wall at the pitcher position, and it usually works out. Uh, what are you seeing today? Um, th- I think the two cash game pitchers are probably going to be the two, the two chalky guys. It's, it's Dylan Bundy for sure. You know, Seattle – Pitchers against Seattle have been the chalk all season so far. There's no reason to deviate tonight. Seattle is bad. Dylan Bundy is pretty good. Um, you know, very stretched out. I think Bundy's clearly your cash guy on both sites. And then your SP2 on DraftKings is where you can definitely go a little off the wall if you want to. I think Shane Bieber will probably be the chalk. Um He's the most talented pitcher on the slate. It's not a great matchup against the really good Minnesota Twins offense, but, you know, beggars kind of can't be choosers tonight. There's no good pitcher in a good spot, and so you kind of just have to take, you know, what you're given. Bieber is the best pitcher on the slate talent-wise. He has the longest leash. He's getting a park upgrade, and so that's kind of got to be enough, I think. Um, but there are ways you can you can be different. Um, the guy that I think – is is the ballsy cash play and I think a great GPP play is Robbie Ray. He's underpriced. He's 7.1k. The matchup is tough. He's facing the Dodgers. People aren't going to want to play him against the Dodgers because they're the best offense in baseball. But Robbie Ray is a good pitcher and Robbie Ray is a pitcher who it seems has made some legitimate changes to who he is as a pitcher. Um, over the spring, over camp, he basically overhauled his delivery. He uh he shortened his step in the windup to give himself a little bit more body control. He's not going behind himself and like stabbing with his arm as much, just keeping it closer in, um, which is also going to, you know, have fewer moving parts, more control, give him a little more power behind his pitches. And he lowered his arm angle a little bit, um, which probably would feel a little more natural. So all this combined really makes it seem like Robbie Ray could take steps forward with his command and his control this year, um, which has always been his big issue. So he's always had problems with his control. His first start, he still had problems with his control, but it's new. Um, but I think there's a lot of upside for Ray. I think there's a lot of potential for him to be better this year. This was first noticed, by the way, by Pitcher List. I don't want to say, like, I'm, I'm taking credit for it. But, uh, I mean, I think this is real. And if you look at the data from his first um, uh, his first game, his velocity is up, his spin is up. Um, he's, uh, you know, even though the control was bad, I think there's a lot of upside with Robbie Ray, and I think he's a guy that people are going to be afraid to play tonight because it's the Dodgers. But but the price is right, and the upside is there. Excellent. Okay. Uh, Derek Hardy, by the way, a CEO, inventor, creator of The Bat. Thank you for that. Uh, also, we got Cards, one of one of the best. The, one of the best DFS players in the world, Justin Van Zuden. What you got for us, Cards? Yeah, thanks. Um, interesting slate tonight, especially, you know, uh, given my lineups, I kind of hope that Yankees game gets rained out after about two innings. But 
Um, <laughs> we're taking a chance on not being as heavy on that game as probably some other people are. But I think it's interesting if you note, know, you know, Derek's got his projections loaded in there. Uh, there's not a, a, a pitcher with a baseline projection above 20 points on DraftKings, and that's kind of what we've seen here these first couple of weeks. There simply aren't that many pitchers that are going to be allowed to go six-plus innings at this stage of the season. Most of these guys are making their second start. Uh, you know, perhaps we get an extra 10 pitches or so out of them, maybe an extra inning than we got in their opener. But uh, don't be afraid to do something a little bit different. I mean, I do agree. I think the chalk build in cash games is going to be uh, Bieber and, and Bundy. Um, I think that would be the most common pairing that you're going to see. And even in tournament lineups, maybe you start with one of those guys, uh, but I think Lamette and Robbie Ray, who Derek just talked about quite a bit, and uh, you know, and even Brady Singer for the for the Royals tonight. You look at the Tigers. This is an offense that had the highest strikeout rate in the league against right-handed pitching last year, um, and, and they're hitting 198 as a team so far this year with the highest strikeout rate in the league. Now, don't want to draw a whole bunch of conclusions off of just a few game sample, but the Tigers lineup, you know, they are what they are at this point. So if you're looking to go a little off the radar, uh, I think he's an option, but my primary kind of tournament lineup uh, has Lamette and, and Robbie Ray as the two pitchers in it right now, sprinkling in the other guys as uh, you know, in my multi-entry builds, but um, you know, Lamette has always been a, the concern with him has always been how long will the Padres let him go? They actually let him throw 80 pitches in the opener. Uh, the giants aren't a good offense that park might play a little bit more, hitter friendly this year with with the changes that they've made but uh, still leans towards pitchers and this is a guy that has you know based on last year's numbers the highest strikeout rate on the board it's just a matter of how how deep he will go in the game so I like those guys I like Derek's analysis on Robbie Ray Uh, I'm a little uneasy throwing him into my main tournament lineup tonight but I feel a little better now uh, with that uh, vote of confidence so um, those are the guys I'm kind of buying uh, tonight not as deep as of a pitching slate as we saw last night but uh, some interesting risk reward options in there, not touching Hap uh, with the weather, and uh, for some reason he's the most expensive pitcher on the slate. He shouldn't be, uh, so he is out of my player pool. Okay, why don't you bring us right into hitters? Generally, we start with catcher and go around the horn. So, what are you looking at there? Yeah, so I'm general theme. I'm not playing a ton of the Yankees tonight. It's not that I I don't like the Yankees, um, but you got weather concerns. Uh, means is not a a gas can by any means now he's not exceptional and baltimore's bullpen is horrendous so uh, there is certainly the potential for the yankees to put up a bunch of runs that's why their team total is so high Uh, but generally speaking i'm underweight on the yankees tonight they're expensive Uh, they'll be relatively popular and again that weather concern i think just cements that for me so um I think if you're spending up, Garver's got a tough matchup against Bieber tonight. So Vasquez against Steven Matz uh, would probably be my first choice. He's had a good start to the year. He's 4.5 K on DraftKings. Um, outside of that, you know, you're kind of at the usual, Hey, there's a whole lot of catchers hitting eighth or ninth or else you're paying, you're playing a $2,600 Salvador Perez on DraftKings because they just refuse to raise the prices on the Royals. So uh, Vasquez, I've got some stacks of that Boston game. Uh, Sal Perez is probably the no-brainer option for most people in cash games tonight. And outside of that, there's not a lot to love. Okay. Cardi, uh, anything to add there? Um, no, I mean, I I kind of agree. Salvi's your clear cash play, unless you can spend up on Sanchez, but I don't think that's necessary. 
Um, I really like Boston stacks tonight too. So Vasquez makes a lot of sense as part of that. Um, or, uh, you know, whoever else you're stacking, you know, I, I like the Padres again tonight. Um, Francisco Mejia, I think is a, a good part of a stack like that, but really it's catcher, it's gross. Um, you know, probably play Salvi or whoever you're stacking. What do you make okay. of that park in San Francisco? How much difference is that the changes they made going to make there? I mean, it's only been um, a few games, so I hate to overreact. Yeah, I'm really, uh, I'm really concerned about it. Like, I know you said Lamette's like your main guy tonight. I'm, I'm concerned because it does seem like it could wind up being a real thing. Um, I have adjusted the bat a little bit for it, but it's kind of a, uh, a ballpark adjustment. Like, we really don't have enough data to say for sure what's going to happen. But can, um, you, can you go back and ex- explain this a little bit to the people who don't know what you're oh, talking about? Yeah. So, uh, so they, um, they put like. In, uh, in right field in Oracle Park, they have these archways um, that you can look into the stadium from the street. And because of COVID and, you know, whatnot, they don't want people congregating in these archways, looking in, trying to watch the game, not social distancing. So they kind of like uh, put this mesh over it to, to prevent, you know, to obscure the view. And what used to happen is the wind would blow through these archways um, and now it's not. And so it's kind of like, whatever's happening in this park, the wind seems to be interacting with the park differently. And it's creating almost like a jet stream effect where balls are just flying out of this park. Now, um, it was something that people were talking about in summer camp and we didn't know how real it was. And now, um, you look at the, I mean, the data is very small sample size right now, but you look at some of the balls that have been going out the last couple days and you look at their launch angle and their exit velocity and balls that were hit in Oracle park at these launch angles and exit velocities last year, we're not becoming home runs and they're going like 420 feet now. So like something's going on there. I think it's real. Um, and so I am concerned about that. Um, on grinders live, I told people to stack the game yesterday, Padres, especially I'm on that again today, Padres, especially. Um, and it, it gives me some pause with, with the Met. Okay. Excellent. Um, let's see, are we at first or we're moving on to second here? Um, first, I think. Okay. Take it away, Cardi. Um, Luke Voigt is, um, the guy, if you have a little bit of money to spend, like the Yankees are, you actually just said in chat that you wouldn't do Yankees in cash games, which I mean, Yankees are like the clear best play today. Like by, like by such a huge margin, the Yankees are the best play. They're the best team on the slate. They're facing a weak pitcher. It's a bunch of righties against a mediocre lefty, you know, really good hitting weather. Um, people are going to want to play Yankees. So you're, are you saying it's too risky to play Yankees? Here's uh, honestly, here's what I think is going to happen. I think there's probably going to be a delay towards the middle of the game. I think they probably will finish out the game. Um, I don't know if I feel confident enough about that to say, yeah, it's, it's go for it in cash. Cause it is certainly not the safe play, right? And cash world is looking for the safe play. And I don't think this is it. But if you ask me, what do I think is the most likely outcome? I think it's a middle of the game delay and they will eventually finish out the game. Okay. So, so then, uh, so that, that makes me feel a little better then about taking yeah. this risk because I do think you lose a lot in cash games by not playing uh, Yankees tonight. Okay. Yeah. And I guess that's what it, you know, that's what it comes down to is um, can you build almost as good lineups without it? And if so, go for it. And if you can't, and you feel like you need to take that risk, then I'm not going to talk you out of this one. At least not yet, though. I still have oh maybe seven more minutes to change my mind. Uh, but let's go ahead and kind of zip through this because this is a, a more condensed show. 
So okay. uh, yeah, but if you're not paying up for vote, uh, Ryan O'Hearn is your cash guy. 2K batting cleanup for the Royals tonight. They're the other clear chalk team because, like Justin said, because everybody's people, free. Everyone they just refuse to raise the prices. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. But you have to play Royals and cash tonight. Uh, Ryan O'Hearn is is awesome. Um, and then in GPPs you're doing something different. But in cash you shouldn't be playing anyone but one of those two. Okay, cards. Yeah, um, Michael Franco finally made an out last night, so that was uh, one reason to celebrate for those of us who faded him in tournaments. Uh, but it wasn't before he already had three hits. So uh, those are the guys. I mean, those are the obvious guys, and I, I tagged O'Hearn as well. I mean, he's 2K um, hit, hitting cleanup. So, I mean, it's hard to argue with that. Uh, tournament plays, Pete Alonzo. Like, the Mets kind of fall into no man's land tonight because you, you can pay up for the Yankees. Uh, if you're going cheap, you've got the Royals. And so the Mets just kind of fall into territory where they're a little bit under-owned, not necessarily Alonzo, but especially the other guys, uh, compared to where they otherwise would be on a slate like this. So I like Alonzo uh, in tournaments. The Angels lineup's not out yet, but Otani with that first base eligibility on DraftKings. Um, Marco Gonzalez, people just naturally avoid lefty-lefty matchups, but Marco Gonzalez has been at least splits neutral, somewhat reverse splitsy sometimes in his career. So I don't mind taking a shot on Otani with guys like Trout uh, and Upton probably going to be a little bit higher on tonight. So even lefty-lefty, I don't mind Otani. So those are a couple of the tournament guys I would throw in the mix too. Okay, Cards, let's get us to second base. Yeah, not that glamorous of a position. Uh, Jose Peraza is leading off again tonight for Boston. He's $2,300 on DraftKings. So you're going to see the chalk. Uh, go there, you know, Torres for the Yankees if you're playing Yankees uh, at the top and and LeMahieu as well. Um, you know, it's it's kind of the same. You're going to get people that play the guys that have been hot. So LeMahieu, uh, Whit Merrifield, 20-plus percent ownership the last two or three days, and, and he's been getting on base multiple times seemingly every game. So um, those are the guys that, that I think will get the most ownership tonight, Peraza, Merrifield, uh, and the Yankees guys. And, you know, certainly there are – they're all strong plays. I'm not probably going to differentiate too much at second base tonight because there's a clear difference between uh, who's good and who's just not that great of an option. And I don't see a whole lot of upside in, in a lot of other guys. Carter, your thoughts on it? Uh, sorry, I got distracted. Second base? Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's it's Yankees again, really, or I guess Royals. Um, the cash conversation is so boring tonight because it's like play Yankees and Royals, and then there's a couple other guys you can mix in. Uh, but Clay Torres and DJ LeMahieu are the two top plays. DJ especially is underpriced tonight, so he's a guy you should be playing in cash, I think. Uh, you can play both of them because DJ's second, third, Glaber's second, short. Um, Whit Merrifield also with the Royals is totally fine. Um, and I think Jose Peraza is very much in play. Um, we both kind of touched on how we like this game a little bit. I like the Red Sox side um, a lot more than the, the Mets side. Uh, but Peraza in particular is the best play in this game, I think. He's 2.3K. He's leading off, going to have the platoon advantage against Mats. And Mats is a guy that gives up a lot of stolen bases. And Peraza is a guy who's fast and can take advantage of that. Uh, so at 2.3K in the leadoff spot, I think Peraza is a really good way to save money, um, either in GPPs or even in cash games if you do wind up on, you know, two expensive pitchers or something like that. Okay. Let's bring it to third. Uh, third base is uh, DJ LeMahieu, again, because Yankees. Um, I like Manny Machado a lot. Like I said, I like the Padres a lot tonight. I think he's a borderline cash play. I think he's a great GPP play, either as a one-off or part of your stacks. 
Um, I think a Cleveland stack is interesting tonight. I think there's value on them, and Jose Ramirez is either a good one-off or or a guy to play in your stacks. And then Renato Nunez is the guy that I like as he's very much in my cash pool. He will probably be in my cash lineup. Um, and he's projected a 2% ownership. He's the bat's second favorite third baseman tonight after LeMayhew. He's, I mean, the Orioles are bad, yes, but Nunez is their best hitter. He does have power. He does have the platoon advantage tonight. It is really good hitting weather. And, uh, and he's 3.8K. So I think Nunez is, is a really sneaky good play today and a guy that I play in all formats and, and be, be heavy on in GPPs for sure. Cards, any thoughts? Uh, not a ton to add at uh, at third. Agree on Machado. I think he's a strong play. Anthony Rendon at, at 5.4K. Uh, DraftKings has really priced him up, so obviously you'll get some people playing him in uh, in Angel stacks. Um, and, and I do kind of like the Angels as a as a late night stack tonight as well. So um, at 5400, I think that keeps him a little bit more different than he would be if his salary was say 44, 4500, or kind of right there around. Jose Ramirez and Manny Machado. So this is a position where maybe uh, you can get a little bit different. Uh, Nunez, who uh, who Derek mentioned that uh, the bat is high on tonight. I think he's a really strong uh, tournament option, hitting hitting third against you know against Hap, who's probably going to be over owned. Um, I think we have Hap at 17% ownership. The weather will probably keep a few people away uh, and, and lower that number a little bit. But uh, I still think you know if that game goes weatherwise, I think Nunez is. Uh, an interesting tournament option. Not much in the uh, punt range there, other than, of course, Michael Franco is still 2K on DraftKings. So, um, you know, you can play him. He's hitting fifth tonight instead of cleanup, but he's still 2K on DraftKings, and he has, uh, he's been hitting uh, to start the year. I mean, he's going to have an 0 for 4 game eventually that uh, it doesn't pay off, but so far, you know, he's gotten double digits three of the last four. So, can't argue with anybody who just keeps playing him at 2K. How crazy is it that that I don't even see him in any of the bats builds because you just don't need that salary really because everyone is so underpriced. Like yeah, it's, yeah, the, so every, there, there's so much value and it's not like you have a 12k pitcher um, that you're paying for tonight. So that uh, is interesting. I, it'd be curious to see uh, where his ownership ends up falling tonight. But I had none last night in tournaments and I'm doubling down again <laughs> because it's not necessary. And he's going to be owned, you know. Where do we have sort by projected ownership for a second? I'm just curious where we have. Yeah, he's, I think, the second one or the third one, 11. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, um, I think fading Royals tonight, or at least being, you know, lighter than the field, makes makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, I think either you're going, and I dig tag them as tournament plays, but either you're going, you know, you're going all in on them and over the field, or you're taking a stance against them. And uh, personally, I think like teams like the angels and and that red Sox mets game are kind of where i've landed uh, a little bit more as as have gone through the day it's not that the royals are bad plays uh, they're just going to be overwhelmed there's yeah. no value in having them because right. everyone's going to have it yeah, well, a lot of the royals builds are going to end up the same so you're, you're going to have the same pitchers and and the same four or five guys in your royal stack and it's just hard to differentiate so i've ended up underweight on the royals as as we've gotten further throughout the day okay really quick before you uh jump into shortstop here just a quick I'll give you my thoughts on timing and everything I think you probably have an hour and a half in Camden Yards before the rain arrives that's assuming we don't get a pop-up out ahead of this line if we get a pop-up out ahead it's it's big time trouble but assuming we don't do that and I'm not seeing a lot of signs that we will uh, I think you got about an hour and a half before the rain arrives at that point I think a delay is pretty likely 
Uh, I'm not sure if they will finish beyond that. If you made me say, will they or will they not? I would guess they will. But I think you probably have an hour and a half that I feel decent about um, with the bats. And then after that, I just don't know. If it was my personal money and it was cash, I probably wouldn't do it. I'm also a pansy. Um, so I understand if you feel that you should. If it was a tournament lineup I, and it was my lineup, I would 100% do it because it's tournament and you're trying to win the whole thing. So um, that that's where I stand on the final weather. Anything any thoughts changing there? I know you're already fading at cards. Yeah, I'm hoping for that pop-up, but I know that's going to yeah. be bad for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially me, so let's not hope for that. Uh, Cardi, sticking with it? Probably. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run a lineup without it and just see how many points you lose by not playing yeah. Yankees. So, so in a second, I'll have that number. Um, okay, let's, uh, let's get cards take at shortstop here because we still we got to do shortstop and the outfield and maybe talk stacks in the next 10 minutes. Yeah, so um, this position is is interesting because you know I'm kind of warming to the Padres idea that Cardi's mentioned throughout the show. Uh, Tatis is 5200 on on DraftKings and Torres is 5100, and you're going to see a lot of people if you're if they're spending up. Those two guys are, are are far and away ahead of the other spend up options. So you're kind of either spending 5k plus or you've got all those guys in the 4k's that are probably going to go under own tonight people aren't going to play Lindor against Berrios um you know Bogarts uh, Rosario those guys just get a little bit overlooked because people say hey I'll spend a little extra on on one of these 5k options so uh, most of the guys in the 4k range I think are really interesting in GPPs Uh, we've you know pretty much established that the Red Sox Mets game is one that both of us like uh, for tournaments so Bogarts uh, is a guy I will be overweight on. Not much else to talk about at shortstop. Okay. Uh, Cardi, short. I mean, I think he kind of hit it. If you can pay up for Glaber, that's what you want to do. If you're fading the Yankees game, just su- subbing in Tatis, I think, is is totally fine. I like Bogarts in the Red Sox stacks. Um, I like Peraza a lot. Um, you can play him at short also. Um, that's kind of, you know, Lindor in your Cleveland stacks. That's kind of, I think, shortstop. Okay, then take us to the outfield. Uh, outfield is Yankees like judge and Stanton are the clear top two plays tonight. You want to probably have both of them in your cash games, assuming you're playing the Yankees. It does look like you lose about three points, um, in projected value. If you don't play this game because of the weather, which is pretty substantial, but if three, you you lose three points. Yeah. You're doing all this over three points. You get zero points if it goes wrong. Well, that's why I'm telling people, like in terms of projections, three points is, is a lot, but if you really think this is that risky, then maybe you just don't do it um, because there are other games you can play. Your lineup is going to look a lot more contrarian probably because I mean, people are, I don't know. You People decide. I mean, personally, I'd probably, uh, I don't want to tell people to play it. I'm not a weather man. Um, <laughs> Welcome to my life. Yeah. Tell them to play it. And if it goes wrong, blame Roth. Yeah, that's perfect. Guys, play it. If it goes wrong, Roth said it'd probably be fine. <laughs> I'm fine with that, actually. That's I'm used to it. So yeah, that works for me. Uh, all right, back um, to the outfield, Cardi. Yeah, um, you have to play Solaire no matter what. Um, he's just so cheap. He's one of the Royals. Um, if you're not playing Yankees, though, uh, Mike Trout is against a lefty, a weak lefty in Marco Gonzalez. Yeah, like Justin said, neutral splits, but he's still a lefty. He's still Mike Trout. He's great. Uh, Mookie Betts against Robbie Ray, also going to have the platoon advantage. And Ray has a very wide split, especially lowering his arm angle. We'll probably get a little bit wider. Um, and he allows a lot of stolen bases. So a lot of ways Mookie can, can contribute tonight. 
Um, honestly, I haven't looked too far in the outfield beyond, beyond that stuff because uh, like I want to play Yankees, but I think Ronald Acuna is kind of underpriced as a guy that, uh, you know, that you can play also a guy with the platoon advantage, mediocre lefty in Yarbrough. Um, yeah. What do you got, Justin? Yeah, it's actually not as deep as you would normally expect the outfield to be. Um, I, I do think that, you know, in, in tournaments, searching for that uh, under-owned home run tonight, maybe something like uh, Cespedes against a, a, a lefty that sometimes gets hits gets hit hard. Um, you know, if you're looking to go a little bit cheaper in that Mets game, um, Kevin Pillar has been pretty good to start the year, and he's hitting second for Boston tonight. Uh, yeah, so where is obvious? You know, he's the obvious uh, mid – mid three K uh, play there that everybody's going to go to. Um, I haven't seen the angels. Has the angels lineup come out yet? Let's see Let me refresh here just real quick. Yeah. Still no angels lineup. So again, we're at seven minutes from lock and the angels lineup isn't out. That's going to lead to those guys being under owned, uh, which kind of adds to my tournament appeal guys like, you know, Justin Upton in the mid range are, are fine as well. Um, Oliveris is 2.3 K in your Padre stacks. Um, you know, if you want to have like, you know, some extra value or some extra cheapness as you know, your fifth guy, I think he's a good play. Okay. Let's talk stacks real quick here. Uh, Cardi, you mentioned a couple, you mentioned was a Padre stacks that you're on. Uh, yeah, I'm going to pull up the back stacks page here. Um, yep. uh, so uh, yeah, I like the Padres a lot. I like the Red Sox a lot. Obviously, Kansas City projects really well point per dollar wise, but I think in GPP at their ownership, you fade them. But I think Red Sox make a lot of sense. I think Cleveland makes sense. Um, Padres, these are these are the teams that I would be on tonight. Uh, a lot heavier than than Kansas City or or New York um, at their ownerships. Okay, cards. Yeah, totally agree on the logic behind the Royals, which is why I had to tag them as GPP plays today, just because they grade out so well on a salary basis. But in terms of my exposure. Uh, it is Boston and the Mets that game. Uh, and then the Angels would be the other team that I would throw in there. So uh, those would be my choices. Just about five minutes. We got five minutes. That is a good amount of time for a little lightning round of questions. So let's get to it. These are not questions, not questions, not questions. Here we go. Over in the crunch time chat, we'll go with Shh Ball, who says, DK Cash, no Yanks, Solaire or Merrifield, last outfield spot with Betts and Trout. Uh, we'll start with Cardi. Solaire for me. Okay. We will kick it over to cards here. Mickley Page says, DK Cash, Betts or Acuna? Well, I think I would go Acuna there. Um, I do like Betts in tournaments. I worry about being underweight on him. But, uh, I mean, Robbie Ray's got the upside to miss bats. Uh, Acuna is a five-tool guy. I think he gives you a safer floor. So I'd go with Acuna. Excellent. Achilles, DK Cash question. Bieber, Mondesi, or Bundy Torres? Um, Bundy Torres. Nick Fenostrom says, DK GPP, you want Alonzo or Judge with Will Myers in the first base outfield spot? I mean, Judge is clearly the higher projected play, but uh, but I like Alonzo tonight, and I've got quite a bit of him in tournaments. So uh, based on my lineups, it's Alonzo, but that is a little bit uh, off the wall. And, you know, if, if you're comfortable with that risk-reward in tournaments, I, I think it's the right move. But it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's something that takes the cojones to, you know, to actually click the submit on that lineup. Yeah. 
By the way, Roth, did you see who scored the first bucket of the NBA restart? It was Rudy Gobert. No, I did not. It was okay. Gobert. It was your boy. Well, that's a good, it's good because he What a was, story. I know. Yeah, that, that is a nice, nice comeback story there. Uh, a few more QQs here. Let's see a couple from the chat. Did I miss what the consensus is on the Yankees Orioles weather? Not really. You missed me trying to figure out what it is. Um, I think the rain probably arrives in roughly an hour and a half, uh, roughly an hour and 25 minutes at this point, I guess. Um, what happens beyond that point? I don't know. I don't know if it's still going to storm enough to cause a delay. My guess would be yes. I don't know if it's going to storm enough for them to play after that. I mean, is yes. that is that system going to weaken as it approaches Baltimore, or how is that going to work? It kind of is already. Uh, can I steal? I mean, I, we might as well. Uh, oh, yeah, all right. Let's steal it here. Uh, it, it kind of is showing a little bit of signs of weakening, but I don't, I don't think it's going to weaken enough. Uh, I got too many tabs open. Okay. Um, so the worst of the storms here have been on this kind of eastern side, and that part would miss Baltimore. So it's this portion here that I'm watching. And is it weakening? Maybe a little bit, especially farther uh, around, you know, on, the, on that northwestern side. But I still think it's probably enough to cause a delay here. The question is, okay, let's say they get a delay hour and a half in or so, um, is there going to be enough clearing upstream or is this going to move right in and cause trouble? And I, I think it certainly could. So that's why I don't think it's safe for cash games, but I understand it. If it's the best play, I get it. And I think, I think you do have a little bit of time here, hopefully to get some runs and, and get some stats going before, uh, before the rain arrives. So I'm stressed about it. It's not going to go well, whatever happens. It's not going to go well. I know that I've done this long enough. Yeah. Uh, will you take this back and I'll uh, get into some more of those QQs. We've got just about a minute left here. All right. Uh, Tatisa Torres in DK Cash with the weather news. I mean, Cards. that's up to you. Torres is the better play. Tatis, if you're scared of the weather. Yeah. Okay. Trobe says, FanDuel Cash, Machado, J.D. Martinez, and Upton versus Rendon, Merrifield, and J.D. Davis. Can you repeat that one more time? Yep, it was a 3v3 FanDuel yep. cash. Machado, J.D. Martinez, and Upton versus Rendon, Merrifield, and J.D. Davis. I take the first one in cash. All right, we'll go to Extra Crispy uh, with an Angels stack. How do you feel about a 5-3 stack with the top five of the Angels order and KC as the secondary stack? I mean, I think that's that's fine. I mean, if you're going to play KC, you got to do stuff that is more contrarian and lower owned around them. That's the only way you can play KC tonight. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're doing that, you do, you know, either you're avoiding Bieber um, or Bundy, you know, or something, um, which I don't mind avoiding Bundy if you're, if you're playing the Angels to hope that, you know, maybe Seattle gets some runs and that that game stays a little bit more competitive. Um, but I, I would – I don't mind that lineup. I like it. I like the angels, um, but the Royals will be popular and you're playing the top five for the angels. So they will be relatively popular. Uh, so I would encourage you to maybe do something a little bit different uh, with your pitcher. If you're doing that. Okay. And I do believe we are at the lock uh, guys. That was a fun little marathon session there. Some, some NBA rolling it into some MLB. That's some sports or back action going on there. Um, who's in the NBA Millie Maker? 
I I have some lineups in there. It was four bucks. I figured I better throw. I was you know I was ready for the show about twenty minutes early, so I put some lineups in there for four bucks. I was happy to donate on the first day back. That's how I felt. And if there's a ton of overlay, you might not be donating. It might be like a double up type scenario here. Uh, where... Try to see how many. Cardi, Draft you game. did not play. No, I mean, I wanted to draft Charles Oakley, and he wasn't in the player pool, so I'm like, you know, there was no one I knew. (laughs) Uh, By the way, the uh, Reds-Cubs game, apparently, according to Yeisman in chat, is officially PPD'd. I'm excited about that because I had it as uh, orange-red there. Yeisman is not excited because he hit me up on Twitter earlier and said he did not check the weather. And he had a ton of guys from that game locked in. The Millie Maker on DraftKings got to... 54 percent full so that's it just 54 percent. why didn't i put in all of the lineups uh, <laughs> 54 okay so here's uh, you guys you got to help me with this but we, we've been over this before but so this means if it fills 50 percent, right and let's say 25 percent cash in general on a big tournament 25 percent cash now it's only 50 percent full so now 50 percent of people in there will cash right yeah, this one actually pays less, so I just did the math. Um, 39.7% of uh, of entries will get paid. So still okay. much better. I mean, it was set up to be, you know, uh, let's see. It was set up, if it would have filled, it would have paid 21% of entries, and now it's paying almost 40% of entries. So it's, it's basically a double up, only you can win a million dollars? This blows my mind. Why didn't I enter all 150 lineups? Because I don't have enough money in my account. But that, you can also, you know, you can also get the, the nature of the Millie Maker. You can, you can also get 14th out of 480 some thousand entrants and you only get five grand. So right. um, not that anybody would complain about five grand, but it does feel a little hollow when the first place gets a million. That's um, true. FanDuel was like 2000 to 11th place. But hey, it's four bucks and basketball's back. And uh, if there was ever a night to, you know, YOLO a few lineups with all that overlay, that was uh, that was it. So um, we'll see. We'll see what the two games bring. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited that we just have sports back in general. Uh, also, oh, you're not going to people... be excited when you're sweating out that weather in an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're right about that. When my Twitter feed starts going, I'm not going to be happy at all. Uh, and it's one of those, like, if if there's a delay in, you know, let's say 80 minutes from now, people are going to be super pissed. If there's not a delay 80 minutes from now, people are going to be super pissed. Like, that's that's how this is going to go. It's tough um, this year too, I'm sure, because like you don't know how long teams are going to be willing to wait it out with you know social yeah. distancing and COVID and everything. Like it's different than normal years. Like so, I'm sure that plays into it too and makes it more difficult. Yeah, have we well, haven't had. Have we had a mid-game delay yet? Uh, the first we had night. a game that got called early. The first. Well, that night. was the first night. Yeah, that yeah. game got called because more storms developed after they took the tarp off and then they put it back on. Mm, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's been another one. I don't know if if there has. We had no. There was another game that had a delay, and then they there was a pitcher going that everyone had, and there was a delay, and it didn't rain again, and they had the delay for like ninety minutes, and it hadn't rained for eighty of the ninety minutes. I think that was in Pittsburgh, but they just got back to playing eventually. That one really, that one really got my goat. Um, all right, well, hey, we can uh, still take a few questions. By the way, everybody in the YouTube chat, if you enjoyed this show, if you enjoyed. Uh, the baseball analysis here from Cardi and Cards, if you like the basketball analysis, which means if you uh, like me doing the weather all the way up until lock, join up with Roto-Grinders Premium here, the Core 4 package, and 
this is what we do. We've got crunch time all the time. So go ahead, join up. And we have fun when, when I'm not stressed out. <laughs> we have even more fun. Uh, let's see. Uh, Cardi, did you stick with the Yanks from JMVP? That's the question of the day. Did you stick with the Yanks? Um, I did. I didn't play a whole lot tonight, though, so I didn't sweat it too hard. The first week of baseball, I'm always really busy managing um, uh, the system, you know, new users, making every, making sure everything's running smoothly. We had the show tonight, so I played very little, but I did stick with the Yankees. I like it. I appreciate it. Um, and a lot of people on my Twitter, this, a lot of people on my Twitter saying, give me an update on the Yankee game. Give me an update on the Yankee game. This was free. Right before I said, um, this is free. Come here. This is where the updates are in the Yankee game. So everyone in the YouTube chat, congratulations. You did it right. Everyone in the crunch time chat, you've been doing it right for a while. Everybody on my Twitter did it. They did it wrong. Uh, all right. Let's see. Um, you want to really quick, can we look at some Yankees ownership and see where, where things landed and maybe compare it to what you would have expected if there were no other issues? Uh, yes. What is that? Uh, results DB, right? Yeah, I will take a guess. Nobody faded it because people only fade it if there is a delay announced before lock. Then everybody fades it, even if it's going to be fine. And I can check if sometimes we it doesn't yeah. populate in results. We've got, right we got some pretty high ownership here. In, uh, in the fence buster, we have – how do I get rid of a couple of these? Uh, yeah, 50% Judge, 45% LeMayhew, 40% Stanton, 36% Torres. Um Red Sox coming in. Oh no, never mind. Not that high owned. Yeah, that's about it. But yeah, these Yankees when uh they're they're pretty high owned. Okay. One, wow. two, three, four. Gary Sanchez, though, where is he? Is like no one. Did no one roster Gary Sanchez? Gary, oh, maybe he just didn't load yet. I don't think zero percent of people roster Gary Sanchez. Well Yeah, it's twelve and eleven in the others. Yeah, that feels like it might not be fully loaded. Yeah. Um, but yeah, even, even at like 10%, Gary Sanchez, that's still, that's still pretty low. I would think for him, but, uh, you know, um, but yeah, it doesn't look like a lot of people got scared off the Yankees. Yeah. But they wouldn't, unless there was a delay ahead of time and everybody's scared off. All right. Um, that's it. That that's it. I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm physically, normally I'd hang out for another three minutes. I'm physically drained. I'm going to be staring at radar. I want a delay in the seventh inning. <laughs> me a delay in the seventh inning would make most people happy. So that's, that's what I want. Um, all right. Why don't you guys say goodbye? Cardi, you can lead us off. Um, yeah. Good luck tonight. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you crush it. Um, if you're looking for good projections, the bat's supposed to be pretty good. Check that out. And, uh, and yeah, good luck tonight. Excellent cards. Yeah, same. We'll uh, see you back here tomorrow. We'll do it all again. Roth's going to be double dipping a lot here over the next month. So get those uh, those muscles ready to go and uh, and those weather forecasting models nailed down. I see you got all the MLB stadiums as your locations there on the left-hand side. So you're all ready to go and uh, muscle up for some uh, busy month, hopefully. Absolutely. Looking forward to it, guys. We appreciate you. We love you. Uh, Jay says, how's NBA crunch time working? Good, good thing to ask right before we go. Uh, we're doing it right before the first lock. I guess it's the primary lock. So it says 1.30 p.m. I believe that's locked tomorrow. It's 30 minutes before the first game is generally how NBA crunch time is going to work going forward. So early afternoon. Guys, we appreciate you. We love you. Thank you for hanging out with us. You have been crunched. Crunched.